All right. Guys, thanks for being patient. We were sorting out a couple things, and now they are sorted. And now I can tell you that the best show will begin in five, four, three, two. Wait, no. One. How you doing out there? Just good? Guys, it's the best show here on another Tuesday night. My name is Tom Sharpling. I'm the host of the program, and we have a fun show planned for you tonight. We've got in ten minutes, ten measly minutes, we've got a Brett Gelman and uh, Jason Walliner, the dynamic duo 
that brought us dinner with Brett Gilman a year or so ago. And now they're going to bring us this Friday their uh, follow-up. Which is called looking, searching, searching, scrolling. Dinner with family with Brett Gelman and Brett Gelman's family, which is on Friday the 13th. Phantom of the Opera. I know the classics. I know my literature. What music did we just hear? Well, let me tell you. And see if you can guess the common thread between those three records. The first one is by the Hierophants. Hierophants. The Seven Inch. And the song we heard is called The 16th. And that single is available. No, we heard I Don't Mind, I believe. Wait, which one did we hear? I can't remember. Either side is great, though. That's what you call a double A side in the biz. It's on Goner Records. And prior to that, we heard John Wesley Coleman from his uh, album... which you may, uh, from a few years ago. Uh, the last donkey show. And we heard A Clown Gave You a Baby. It's a really great record. And John Wesley Coleman, if you don't know his music, he's in The Golden Boys. He is truly great. Somebody I, I, I'm a huge, huge admirer of. Last Donkey Show, the album. That's a classic album. That's like, uh, it's like a modern classic. It's like, uh, Shawshank Redemption. Modern classic. Which I've never seen. Unlike Shawshank Redemption, I've experienced this modern classic. Should I see Shawshank Redemption at this point, Mike? No. They get out, right? They crawl through a sewer and get out. In jail, they get out of jail. Yeah, that's it. You just saved me two hours, 59 minutes, and 45 seconds. Thanks, Mike. And that John Wesley Coleman album, one of the modern classics, available on the Goner label. You picking up the pattern yet? And starting us off, X-Cult. They're seven-inch. Came out, uh, what's the song? Ties You, Tie You Up? Is that the song? Tie You Up? Ties You Up? Recorded by Ty Siegel. Great single. Great band. X Cult. What label? That's right. Goner Records. You hear that? That's a three for Tuesday. Goner Records came through. Thank you, Goner Records. 
They're being nice to the best show. If you're an indie label, you want to be nice to the best show, you, you shoot me an email. Best show number four life at yahoo.com. That's right, Yahoo. You think I gotta use Gmail? That garbage. The G should stand for garbage. That's one of the worst email uh, providers I've ever experienced. It's a pile of trash. I hate it. Let's share a Google Doc when everybody's like, can we share this Google Doc? Yeah, I guess. Means I have to go try to log into Gmail. I have nine accounts. Thing locks in on certain ones. It's trash. It's trash. Trash mail. That's what I call it. Trashmail.com. I also want to thank my friend Ken Katkin for helping uh, uh, with a lot of. Uh, 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 Legal maneuverings and 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 uh, uh, informations that he helped us uh, navigate through to where we have uh, rock music on the show from record labels on the show. Thank you, Ken Katkin, one of my all-time favorite people. Then I find out this guy's got like a fancy cousin, guy Adam Pally. Guy's funny. It's a funny dude. That's a cool family. The guy from uh, Happy Endings. Thank you to Ken Captain. Thank you, Ken. You always do right by me. Maybe I'll even play a Weird Paul record in your honor. Sound all right? Good. Mike, you know, this is what I was thinking, Mike. You tell me if this is too prankish. You know that movie, Fifty Shades of Grey? It comes out this weekend, right? Would you go see it? Would you see it by yourself? What if, what if, what if you went to see it by yourself in a trench coat? Would you do that? Go to a theater in a trench coat. One, please. One for Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, just go to like the the 9 p.m. show when all the couples are there. We got one, please. What time is Fifty Shades of Grey playing? Uh, sir, it's, uh, sold out. They're trying to get you out of the theater. Uh, I don't know if we have any tickets available, sir. We can, uh... Maybe, maybe we can interest you in a, uh... Screening of, well, no, not SpongeBob. They would not want you in that either. They're not gonna guide you out of the Fifty Shades of Grey thing into the SpongeBob screening. Sir, would you be interested in seeing Jupiter Ascending? We will provide you with a complimentary ticket to Jupiter Ascending and uh, a free small popcorn and 50 cents off on the beverage of your choice. No, I want to see Fifty Shades of Grey. One, please. 
Sir, can we ask you to at least not wear the trench coat into the theater? Can we... Would it be possible for you to not be so on the nose with this? You're... You're wearing a you're wearing a trench coat. Andy Kindler uh, just wrote on the uh, Twitter. Just wrote uh, Fifty Shades of Funny. Guess we're uh, bringing down the house over at the uh, Kindler Acres where he lives. The whole the whole. Him and his hangers-on are all listening to the show. His yes-men. What's good here? Which line's good, Mike? One. Best show, you're on the air. Am I really? You are. Hello, Tom. Oh, wait. Oh, my God. Who is this? I know this voice. Frederick's Newport Richie. It's Frederick's from Newport Richie. The uh, uh, last week we had uh, Spike call up, and this week we have Frederick's. This is like a, it's like yeah. a, cl- a class reunion, like yeah. a like so a low class reunion, right? Yeah, it's like a low class yeah. reunion. Cornucopia of clowns. Yeah, of a cornucopia yeah. of clowns. Fredericks, thank you for calling. Well, uh, thank you for calling, buddy. It's been so long. For people who don't know, this guy, for people who are new to the show, last week we uh, had a regular caller from the previous iteration of the best show call up Spike, who is a uh, prevert interested in horror movies and doo-wop music. This week... We have and John uh, Wesley Ship and John. He likes the actor John Wesley Ship. This week we have Spike. No, last week we had Spike. This week what? we have this guy Fredericks, who mm-hmm. lives in Newport Ritchie, Florida. Absolutely. And imagine. I'm trying to think how to describe you. Imagine if you take the Big Lebowski, the movie The Big Lebowski, right? Yeah. You, and you cross it with... Wait, Mike, what's a really rough uh, 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 Werner Herzog movie? Yeah, like what's rougher than Strozik? Look, this is what, if you do a, like a, a Lars von Trier, if Lars von Trier shot, shot the Big Lebowski, you'd get Fredericks. Yeah. Is that fair? Is that fair to say? Yeah, I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. I prefer the Cornell West of the best show, but but that'll be all right. The Cornell West of the best show. Yeah, you that did is, say that once. That's I did say that. Yeah, and like, I stuck with that one. Clearly, must have been having. I let a all the stroke. other ones slide. That was a good one. <laughs> was that the four loco night? Uh, there must have been a, a there must have been eight loco in the air if I called you the like some airborne version of four loco. Uh, if I called you the Cornell West of the best show, you might be the Cornell West of Newport Ritchie. You know, <laughs> of West Newport Ritchie. You might be yeah, the uh, 
You might be the Albert Einstein of Newport Ritchie. Mm-hmm. Except in this it case, Albert Einstein is trying to melt, uh, he's trying to melt, uh, uh, Ventures albums that he bought for 55 cents. And he's trying to save, he's trying, he's spending months at a time trying to unwarp an album that is by every yardstick worthless. You know, currently, Albert Einstein's brain is in the back of a car being transported across Iowa. What is that? A reference to something? I don't know. I think that's a what is that a mm-hmm. Kurt Vonnegut novel or something? Mm-hmm. That sounds like Kurt Vonnegut. No, it really did happen. There were people driving around with his brain, but it's not currently. I don't know where his brain is now. Mm-hmm. It's n- not in Newport Ritchie, or I'd know about it. <laughs> so what's going on, Fredericks? What's up? I I, I don't know. I, I I'm just happy to hear you back on the. Uh, I was going to say radio, but that's not exactly correct. Well, we, you can call this How the radio. How do you describe this? Look, if okay. if if if, uh, if you can call Orange is the New Black television, where it airs on your uh, computer, it, it, it's punched in through your through your uh, internet. This can be radio. Yeah. And right? I'm calling you, and it's being broadcast. Yes, it's not narrowcast, is it? That's right. It's no, it's not. It's not narrow cast. No, it's pretty broad, as far as I can tell. Seems like you picked up where you left off, Thomas. We're, tr- nice. we're, tr- we're trying, Fredericks. We're trying. It, it's good to have you back. It's you're not going to like anyway, this. So I, I, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, uh-oh. go ahead. No, go. You, okay. I'm just going to tell you, my guests are on hold, and <gasps> and they don't have a whole lot of time. Oh well. Okay. Well, then I'll just ask you one question. Yes, please. The shorter of the two. FMU has a 15-second song contest going on right now. Do you think the song should just be a segment of a song, or should it have a beginning, middle, and end? Is it supposed to be... Oh, so it's an original song. Yes. 15-second song. Why don't you do a whole beginning, middle, and end? Fit as much as you can into 15 seconds. That's what I'm going to do. Thank you, Thomas. You're a good man. I'll call again sometime. Say hello to your guests for me. Fredericks, I hope you call uh, seriously. G- call call regularly. Yes, sir, I, I shall. I appreciate it. I, I miss you, buddy. I miss I you. I miss you, too, Tom. It's getting better now, though. What is? Have fun. Wait, what's getting better? Everything is. Eh. See ya. Really? <laughs> it's not getting better. I don't think it's getting better. Now, Jason, uh, when I want to put two calls on at once, what did I do again? Do you remember? Did I lock the... Uh, do I have to lock one of the... the? Uh, do I lock that one or that one? Do you remember? Okay. Uh, the best show, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. Hey Thomas, Jason Walliner. Oh hi Jason, how are you? I'm gonna yeah. add I'm gonna put your compatriot on. Hold on one second. <laughs> uh Best Show, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. Oh goodness, it's- I knew who that is. That's Brett Gelman. <laughs> can That's you guys can, can you hear each other? Yes, I can it, hear. Yeah, oh I can hear him I can hear him great. This this good. This is exciting. I wanna say, first of all, to the people at home listening, right now on the line. You've heard of 
Martin Scorsese, and you've seen his work with you've seen his work with Robert De Niro. I like where this is going. You've okay. heard of. Well, that one's mean. I am not going to say that one. I actually wait. Know which one? Come no, on. I'm not gonna what is it? No, I'm not going to say. No, I'm not going to say it. Somebody I know. I'm not going to say so. I'm not going to zing people I know. Why? We're your friends. He can sing us. You've heard of... Go ahead and sing us. D.W. Griffith? Is that a guy, right? Oh! And, and the KKK. Oh, oh, geez. Well, you know, a very impactful work from, from both of those people. And this, yeah. this is the updated version of the Scorsese, De Niro, Griffith, Ku Klux Klan tandem. It's the... the guy who... The guy who made powder and powder. It's yes, Victor Salvo. <laughs> Victor Salvo. Um, the guy who plays yeah. powder. It's upsetting that that comes so quick. It's like <laughs> there's things that I can't remember that are like truly important to me. But then it's like, hey, what's the name of the creep who uh, the the child molester directed powder? Oh, it's Victor Salvo. <laughs> <laughs> so fast. So on the line. He well, a legend. He's still. I think the trial's still going on. Or, no. I think he actually had a thing where he didn't get. He had a whole past, and then managed to somehow not get flagged when he started directing movies for Disney, which is insane. On the line, well, it was pre. It was pre Google, I think. Yeah, pre. It was pre Google. So to be fair, so many, so many things were pre Google. Yeah, yeah, everything. <laughs> That wasn't twelve years ago was pre Google. Yeah, I mean a lot of stuff. I mean that's what this younger generation doesn't realize. I think. <laughs> no, I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you the intro now. So on the line, okay. we've got the actor Brett Gelman yes. and the director Jason Walliner. They're on the line together now because why are they together? Because last year you all saw. Dinner with Brett Gelman on Adult Swim. It was a uh, tour de force of of uh, of, uh, of terror and emotional manipulation. <laughs> but now, Thank you. they have yeah. somehow topped themselves with their newest <laughs> dinner, which is called. Can you say the title? It's it's it. It's yeah, dinner with one. family with Brett Gelman. And Brett Gelman's family. And I watched this today. And I'm going to just say, I love the uh, the first one. <laughs> this one makes that one look like uh, like uh, like child's like like child's play. Like, Thank you. <laughs> like really nice of you, Tom. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. To, uh, you don't mean? Do you yeah. mean child's play? Like not like. That's Child's Play, or the actual film Child's Play. Like the film Child's Play. Okay. No. And, and are, you the, are you a fan? And the actual, and the actual act of just what, what children do, yes. This thing... Well, basically, your opinion on Child's Play was that it was mere Child's Play. Exactly. Thank yeah. you, Brad. You, <laughs> you, you summed it all up. This thing you did, it's a half hour... And the last one was basically the premise was Brett Gelman is inviting these different friends, uh, these different celebrities to his place to have 
one of those kind of freewheeling dinner conversation type things, kind of like that John uh, Favreau show. That's right. And then yeah, it's dinner, dinner for, for five. five. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like that, but then it goes off the rails. This is just a hundred times more nuts than that, and I was completely blown away. I was watching it in a. I made the. Uh, I don't know if it was a mistake or if it was a great move to watch it in a in a coffee shop, and I eventually had to turn my laptop toward me and uh-huh. huddle in the corner, and because I'm like, hey, it's on television. How how Weird could it, well, not how weird, how, how, there's nothing that's going to be truly filthy, but it was so unsettling. <laughs> and I'm not giving anything away, but this is one you might, I don't know if this is one you watch with your whole family around on the first viewing. No, you should yeah. watch it alone. You should watch it alone. Yeah, we asked that people watch it, um, Alone uh, in the dark, kind of turned up loud. I think is the best. Yeah, or or in wherever you watch. But or, ideally, make, make sure you have that favorites list though on your phone handy because you uh, you should call somebody that is a favorite of yours, somebody you really love, right after you see it, just to try and dig yourself out of the hole that we <laughs> put you in. Yes, it's it's. It, it, what 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 would you say publicly? I don't want to be the one who gives anything away about it. There's there's guests in this one, just like there were in the last one. The last yeah, time, yeah, we all we almost feel like it's best to just kind of go in knowing nothing about it. Yeah, uh, like try not to watch anything or read read anything about it, and just watch it and take you know kind of watch it as it goes yeah. along. It's more fun to know nothing about it. Basically, it's all it's, you don't really need to know anything going in. It's Brett throws a. Uh, a 40th anniversary uh, dinner and show for his parents, and that's kind of a tribute to their life, and that's kind of the, the setup. And that that really and, is all you need to know. Yeah, and it was very cleansing for us to make, Jason and I. <laughs> Absolutely. Very <Yeah>. cleansing. <laughs> that's another thing that people should know, that we're okay. We're okay. We got it out of us. We're oh. not wallowing in what this is. We express it, and that's how you get it out in a healthy way. Oh no! It, you definitely clear. You clearly got it out of yourselves, but the part you're not mentioning is that you put it into everyone watching it. It's like it's like the ring. <laughs> well, it's got to go somewhere. It can't just it go, you can't just well, put it in a hole or something. Yeah. Like, all I'm, all we're yeah. responsible for is ourselves, right? Yeah. It's and now yeah, just it's not a, our problem anymore. It, it's not your. It's yeah. It's a, uh, a YP, not an MP. As yeah. They said a W a WP, which is a world problem. (laughs) It was it was that world problem. It is the world. You do turn it into the world's problem. Yeah, we kind of yeah we put it on the on the viewer a little bit by the end. But you know, go ahead, Brett. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm just saying you could say that this is already the world's problem because a lot of people in one way or another are experiencing what this is about. It's it's super intense. It's it's um and it's on this it's on Adult Swim this Friday. Yeah. At twelve thirty. Friday yeah, the thirteenth. Yeah. Friday yeah, the thirteenth, I know. Uh, one at a time. One at a time. Wait, I see oh, where you got it from, sorry. Jason. 
<laughs> now I know where your brother no. got it from. No, where Z-Man got it, it from. Oh, okay, yeah. Exactly, right? Brett? I mean, I, I leave space, though. I don't over-talk, do I? You don't, I don't no, you know, look, look, this, this is how I'm going to conduct this. I'll say, I'll, I'll direct the questions. Yeah. Not this, not this, uh, this, uh, scrum that seems to, it's like a rugby match. Sorry, he's low. I can't, I can't hear him. I'm kidding. You know I'm kidding. No, but we are over-talking, and that's unacceptable. I've been interviewed many times, and I, and I apologize, Tom. I apologize, too. It's, well, I accept both of your apologies. I don't think Jason's apology is genuine, personally. <laughs> no, I was going to throw that out there. Oh, I knew it wasn't. Um, no. Now, this is... The first one you did, it, it had, uh, uh, actors like it had, uh, Gilbert Gottfried was in the first one and turned in a performance that I, I feel no one ever would have expected to see him turn in. And hi everybody, Tim Heidecker here. We have a brand new office hours that just came out of the oven. We've got legendary psych rocker Ty Siegel. And Doug is back from down under. G'day. G'day. And his mommy came with him. Mommy and Gary Lusenhop are here, too. Alicia let me know that she finished the White Album, has thoughts on that. So much more on this legendary episode of Office Hours. Find us on your podcast app of choice or watch us on YouTube at youtube.com slash office hours live. So who are the animals? Because I don't smell them. <laughs> It, 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 it's the kind of thing that he should, by all rights, be, like, working on, he should be doing Law and Order episodes now, with that performance. <laughs> now, now Jason, see how I'm doing yes. this? Now Jason. No, I What was it like, uh, to, uh, watch that guy who you think of as just the, the stand-up, kind of go so deep like that? We, we, when we wrote it, we just knew he could do it. Neither of us, I think, knew him at all. Maybe Brad had met him once or something, but just uh, just felt like he could do it, and he was great. He didn't need. He knew exactly. I don't know. He was great. <laughs> he really, uh, he really amazed everyone with uh, how uh, yeah low key it was and how real the whole thing was. And no, we were very. Uh, fortunate that he said yes yeah it was stunning now brett what was what was it like for you brett to be across from this guy <laughs> well i think he i've always thought that he's one of the funniest people ever of all time i think a very underrated comedic genius and uh i don't know you know i i was so pleasantly i was so pleased to see him do that, but I knew that he could do it because I think that his comedic character, his persona is, is almost like a, it's like a lifelong method experiment where he is that guy. So he definitely, I think, knows all the nooks and crannies of that character's psychology where he can adjust to making it a more dramatic performance. Yeah, yeah. He really turned his whole thing, like a life's work got kind of flipped upside down in that now yeah and i think he he didn't fully like like we didn't really ask him like straight on don't do the voice or whatever because we i think they played um like the howard sir show there's a clip of him leaving a voicemail that they played where it just sounds like a completely different person it's on youtube and it doesn't sound like him at all and like that's his real voice 
And so this wound up being just like a very sad, real-ish version of what he does, which was, I think, it totally worked. Yeah. Now... I mean, he knew what to do, but he was very surprised that uh, that we loved it so much. He kept coming up to me, up to me after we wrapped and was like, Really? It was good? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it was amazing. It's incredible. Yeah. And the voice came back suddenly. Yeah. Yeah. As, as he's as he's shrieking to you yeah. on the set. Um yeah. You know what I you know what I don't know is how how did you guys you cuz cuz you the first time you guys worked together would have been Eagle Heart. Um before well, that we did this thing 1000 cats. Oh, of course, uh, yeah. For the funnier yeah. die show on on HBO, which was kind of Brett. That was your uh, that was like your your quinceanera, so to speak. Yeah, <laughs> it, it definitely was. It was the beginning of an actual career for me doing that. Yeah, and where? Uh, yeah, that was and that was you doing your musical that goes my on my one man musical that is uh, uh, a heavy handed message about human evolution but instead of doing it so directly i made uh cats the metaphor for people so there you go and people i'm sure that's that's floating around somewhere on the the web i'm sure right yeah you yeah. can uh definitely you can get it on itunes but i think i think jason tweeted out a vimeo link today so uh, yeah cool. someone someone put that on vimeo yeah Okay. So. Mean, at this point, yeah, just check it out on Vimeo. It doesn't matter. I don't think so. <laughs> HBO is really going to be upset about it. So Eagleheart. We'll take it down. Eagleheart, you did three seasons. I guess, Brett, you were, you were, uh, for that final season, you were, you were splitting duty kind of between, uh, the sitcom you were on also. So you were, you were kind yeah. of. You were you yeah. were kind of going back and forth between the two shows. Is it? It's funny because Eagleheart was so not respected in the scheme of TV shows when it was on, right? Wait, sorry, what was um, the end of that? Oh, I'm no, saying I mean, it, it had its scattered fans. I'd say. I mean, I have a very hard time gauging that, but I don't think so otherwise we'd be way more successful i'm just saying that when when eagleheart yeah <laughs> yeah you would but now it's coming around it, it actually feels like it yeah it feels like it's uh it's skyrocketed to being completely forgotten <laughs> like about a week after the last one aired because the final episode suddenly people are like uh hey you know what show is great eagleheart it's like well nice time to tell everybody that this is what you think of the show it's done now. Right. But, but can you feel it? I can feel, I feel it getting referenced now almost as like, see, that was a good show. Yeah. Really? It's one of those shows that's, that's beloved after its time, ahead of its time. Yeah. I know I do. You don't feel that, Jason? No, not a, not a bit. No, <laughs> no Jason thinks that, Jason thinks that show ruined his career. <laughs> but you think Eagleheart ruined your career? Yeah, uh, it's crazy. He's crazy, I tell him. Brett, why do you think that it ruined his career? <laughs> oh, I don't think it did. I think it's a major artistic accomplishment. 
it took a lot of time, and now he's on to other things, and he keeps cranking out great stuff. He's a, you know. Yeah, I know. You're not getting, you're not getting an argument from me. That's very nice of you guys. Jason, <laughs> did you really feel like it ruined your career? No, I don't. I, don't. I think I spent last year thinking that, and then I, I kind of got through it, and I'm yeah. fine. <laughs> so you found other things to swap in to say that this is currently ruining my career. Yeah, like these, oh, yeah. Uh, these Brad Gelman specials. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so you crossed the, yeah. where it said blank is currently ruining my career. You scribbled mm-hmm. out where it said Eagle Heart, and you wrote in these dinner with Brad Gelman specials. Yes, <laughs> yes basically. Yeah. So you write these together? Yeah. You guys write these together? Yeah, we, we do. do. We had another one that we had written. Uh, we were going to shoot it in October, and then Adult Swim. Uh, said it was too crazy to air, <laughs> and and so we had to kind of start from scratch and write really quick. And I think it actually it put us in a, a really creative, like kind of tight spot. And I feel like this one's actually a lot better than that one was well, going to be. Well, so. it had a, it had a certain subject matter with there was something going on at the time at the network where. They couldn't, they couldn't fight for it at that time. They didn't think it was too crazy to air necessarily, but they right. couldn't, for, for certain reasons, they couldn't put it in front of standards and practices at that moment. But, uh, cause to me, this is the, what we ended up making was far more insane. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. What if you, insane is a diminutive word. I'm far more extreme than sure. what we originally wrote in the other. Yeah. What if you did that one? Is that going to be like your, you know, when everybody had that Quentin Tarantino script and then he's like, mm. fine, I'm just going to do it as a comic book or whatever he said he was going to do. <laughs> you should do that one as a comic book. Uh, yeah, maybe we'll do that as a mean, comic book. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, your, your career's, you're, you're, you're already in. You know what? No. There's already enough of a, spend, not enough of a lack of focus. The rest of this year working on that as a comic book. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. It'll come in, it'll come in a box with a printable gun. Uh huh. For, for you to, for, uh, you to blow your head off. <laughs> I'm trying to spend, uh, like I will have already yeah. done after I've taken the time to make that. <laughs> Look, Brett's not going to do no comic book. This guy's no. This guy's got no, a, okay. a racket. No, I, this guy's me, got a rocket strapped to his back. <laughs> Thanks, baby. I kind of feel like after watching that first dinner with Brett, Gall- I was like, if they were like, if they were going to reboot like Die Hard now, it's like, wouldn't you get Brett to do like the Alan Rickman role almost? It's like because uh, uh, he has a beard. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was just like, this guy's got a beard. <laughs> no, you showed, I think that in these dinner, these dinner things, the two of them, you guys, th- there's like no need for horror movies anymore. Like, you guys have like invalidated the genre of horror movies with these things in your own way. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, I mean it's uh and and I I I am influenced a lot by Rickman in these performances. Especially the first one. Uh was he in? I think he was only in the first one. 
think he died. No, our first building. one. Our first one. I don't oh. think it was first diehard. <laughs> I think it was the first uh, diehard. <laughs> no, they did not. He did not make no, it. No, he should have. No. He should have. He should have just... Maybe if they knew, it, like, if things, if people knew that things that they would make six, like, they didn't know they were going to make six diehards when they made that first one. It's like then, mm-hmm. if they, oh, if only you knew, then you could do think, all kinds of things like that with it. Like, then he just yeah. jumps on a trampoline and escapes. Exactly. <laughs> I was reading somewhere that Bruce Willis said all six were mapped out when they wrote the original one. So, so it's like that. Star Wars. Then. So he, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was like a, an art. Yeah, they definitely out. were. I mean, you can see the consistency throughout. It wasn't. I mean, it wasn't. I, I a, a lot of people think they were just re, renaming uh, action movie scripts that were lying around. <laughs> and yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's not the case. You can tell that right. They're just going right. into like the vault at a thing, being like. What did we already pay for that we own that we can just like change the name to John McClane in this? Does it work if we change this one to him running around? Sure. I mean, yeah, it, it totally does. That's the thing. now. Just how hot and how intense does it get when you two are shooting this these things? And I should say we have Brett Gelman, the actor slash writer of the Dinner with Brett Gelman series, and Jason Walliner, the writer-slash-director, on the line right now. How, how, if this is, um, these are things that are running pretty intense. How, how intense does it get? Well, it, it gets pretty intense. Know, it, it gets really intense. I, I, you know, we come in, we have to come in very prepared, or else the whole thing would fall apart. Uh, and, uh, it's a great time, though. Everybody is in a positive mood, but we're all very, very focused because we only shoot it in two days. So, okay. so there's not our, a ton of room for error. Yeah. Wait, Tom. Tom, were you meaning intense between me and Brett? Or just it's look, it's intense. They're intense in general, but the two of you are the the architects of this thing, so it's got to get pretty. Uh, yeah. Well, we get most of the fighting out in the right while we're writing it, and then by the time yeah. we get to set, we've like made a pact that we promise not to treat the other like the piece of crap that we do when we're writing the script. <laughs> and we and all the and, and all the fighting between us is only about scheduling. It's never about ideas for what actually. No. Like we always are on the same we, page about what's funny. But we have a hard time, like, getting together. <laughs> yeah, we never disagree about the content, only about the scheduling. Just, yeah, when can we, uh, when can we get when, together? Yeah. And then I'll be like, like, why, why are you going to go do that? Why do you have to go do that? We need to write this. <laughs> like that type of thing. Hey, it's none of your business what I do with the rest of my time. You know, like that type of stuff. Maybe that should be the third one, should just be... Maybe the, it will. The two of you just writing one of them. Like, what are we going to do for this third one? Yeah. That'd be great. And while we're eating dinner. <laughs> and yeah. it, uh, yeah, and shoot, this shooting is like 15 or 17 hour days. And so they get pretty intense. But we, but by that point, we're, we're getting along great. And, uh, mm-hmm. it's really fun. But now, it's pretty, yeah, crazy. and these, and the actors are so great. And, I think a big reason is because they're all from the theater at one point. So they're all used to 
working really hard for not that much money. Yeah. And and doing long hours because they just love acting. Yeah. You can see it. You get you get good people. Yeah. So well, say you know what? I, I, this is not the note I want to end with. The you two uh, biting each other's heads off. <laughs> Jay, I'm going to say Brett. We love each other. Okay, yeah. we're, we're going to go back and forth and back and forth. We're going to say okay. Brett, you say something nice about Jason. Then Jason, you say something nice about Brett. Then Jason, you say a second nice thing about Brett. Then Brett closes it out by saying a final nice thing about you. We'll start with Brett. Jason, there are not that many people who inspire me every day on the level that you do. You carry me through not only my career, but also my life. And I love you for it. Wow. Jesus okay. Christ. Now, now, Jason. Um, Brett, you were uh, one of Variety's 10 comics to watch a few years ago. And uh, it's cool. <laughs> it's cool. It's cool that I met you. Um, no, oh. I, uh, yeah. Well, really, uh, oh, it's cool that I met you. It's cool. What is this? A yearbook? What are you signing? His yearbook? I feel, I feel very lucky. Not not as good as mine. Yeah. I don't think. No. Yours was like two dudes. Uh, yours was like Saving Private Ryan. Two dudes like yeah. in like lifelong combat buddies. Jason, sign, actually, Jay, you're the guy that Jason barely knew in high school. He's signing your yearbook real fast. It was cool that I met you. I, I, I knew I can that, be, I can that, that there was a possibility that this might happen. Tom. Okay, well, look. He can, I, I emailed Tony Kushner or Kushner uh-huh. and asked him to write a, a few nice things about Jason for me. Okay, well, look. I'm sure That's Jason. The level of care. You can do a little. Think, get, the second one, you can do a little better, Jason. Is it my turn again? It is your turn. Oh, I uh, no. Sincerely, I feel very. Uh, I feel <sighs> very lucky to have this uh, uh, friendship and creative partnership in my life. My life, and I, uh, <laughs> I'm extremely proud of the work that we do together. How's that? Great. That was nice. Well, that was nice. Own it more, though. You can own it. You don't need to be embarrassed about it, all right? It's very hard to to do this. <laughs> very hard. Now, Brett, what's a final nice thing about Jason? Jason, it's no wonder you're the son of a magician. Because you, my friend, oh. are a wizard. Oh, my God. Who creates magic. With every type of the key, with every letter of the word A C T I O N. That was writing, directing, all right, editing, humanity. All right, that felt you were uh, you were great in the other guys. You were great in the other. There we go. What a thank you, you guys. Have it all figured out. <laughs> well, Tom, thank you so much for. Uh, well, yeah, I, the um, yeah the the I, I really can't uh, recommend it highly enough. Uh, this Friday night at twelve thirty a.m. the yeah. uh, the second of the dinner with Brett Gelman uh, 
specials. This one is called Dinner with Family with Brett Gelman and Brett Gelman's Family. And it's really great, and every it has to be seen to be believed. Can people see the first one? Is that online anywhere? Yeah, they put the it. first one up on... Oh. It's on YouTube. Yeah, it's on YouTube. Okay. It's on YouTube, and it's also on uh, adultfilm.com, right? Or just YouTube? I think right now it's just on YouTube. They keep shifting it up. But it's free on, on YouTube right now. Okay. Right. All right. People can track it down. Yeah. Thank you so much. Don't miss it. Um, Guys. Thank you, Mr. Nice Sharpling. I would, yeah, I'm, very, I'm really happy up, you liked it. That's very nice. Yeah. I'm very honored that you liked it, and I'm very honored uh, to be on your show. But I didn't like it. <laughs> I loved it! Uh, oh! Uh, yes! No, it really... Congratulations to the both of you. You've made these these two two of these things, and you managed to top the first one, which was no, uh, no small accomplishment. And I hope everybody watches it, because it's great. And... Thanks, sir. Where can we find Brett Gelman? It's on the on Twitter at Brett Gelman. At Brett Gelman, that is correct. And what else can we look for you in throughout 2015? What what's what's lined up? Well, we're going to start shooting the second season of Married soon, and uh, I'm going to be appearing on uh, the show Blunt Talk with playing Patrick Stewart's porn producing neighbor, and then. Uh, <laughs> you know, a bunch of other stuff, too. <laughs> okay. So it's a busy year for you, Brett. Yeah, and but hopefully more of these. Yeah. Now, Jason, mm. what can we look forward to from you? You are on Twitter as what? Jay Walliner? Jay Walliner. Jay Walliner. And you can... What What can we look um, for? What can we keep our eyes peeled? I, uh, I've been working a little bit on this show, uh, The Last Man on Earth, coming out in a few weeks. I'm March 1st on Fox. I... Directed a few episodes of that. Starring Will Forte. That's his Fox show. Right. Mm -hmm. Which looks funny. Any chance that people want to know? Any people want to know about if there's any chance of a J shirt relaunch? I'm getting people asking over and over here on the channel. I I don't, I don't, uh, I don't see that happening anytime soon. Right, right after, uh, right after after the comic book back. Right after, yeah. Pencil it in right after the comic book. The J-shirt, which was your, which I, I should say, the J-shirt was the thing Jason did, a really funny extended thing selling these shirts that was like, uh, Che Guevara and Jay Leno combined, and then did a, a pretty much a, a, a performance of him collapsing and losing everything in front of everyone, and uh, yeah, it was, it was really funny when you did that. It was you, brilliant. Yeah. And you were nice enough to give me some J shirt stuff to give away on, for the WFMU marathon a couple of years ago. And there was a point where you gave one of the bags of cocaine that were a part of the storyline, yeah. which was like baking soda or whatever it was. And. Yeah. The, the station would not mail that out. I had to mail that to the winner. <laughs> like, yeah, we're not and sending. It got, it got opened by customs and checked because I think it was a Canadian listener who won it, and it came like it was just completely destroyed by the time. The guy yeah. tweeted a picture of it. I think it was completely destroyed by the time it got to him. Ugh, what a... 
These are these <laughs> are fun times. Think, What's that? I think he wasn't yeah. even a fan of the J shirt. Oh, like, that's I the worst. Yeah, he just happened to get his name drawn from the yeah. from the pile yeah. of cards, and then he gets sent this. Now he's trying to explain to to uh, customs why he's got a giant fake bag of cocaine mailed mailed to him. Oh, <laughs> very fun. I, I, I think that's called lighting up somebody's life. Yeah, mm-hmm. th- thank you, Brett. Now, guys. Really, really giving them a solid taste of Hollywood, you know? <laughs> yeah, that is. That's a solid, <laughs> solid. That sounds like it, it should be the thing for a restaurant chain, a solid taste of Hollywood, right? <laughs> Gel- Gelman Burgers. What about that? Gel- Gelman yeah. Burgers, a solid taste yeah. of Hollywood. I could, I mean, we could walk into Mel's Diner out here and just sell that to them. Yeah. You know, a Los Angeles institution. Yeah, Mel's Diner. That yeah. garbage heap on Sunset that no one, exactly. no one who lives anywhere in that area actually goes to eat at. <laughs> they, no. They think it's the place from American Graffiti, but it's not. Yeah. And, and they realize halfway through their meal, this is not actually the place from American Graffiti. <laughs> yeah, well, once you get, there's one once bite you where everyone get your, Once you actually get your driver's license, you're no longer allowed to go there. <laughs> yeah, that you you get your Mel's uh privileges get revoked. <laughs> yeah. Guys, this has been a, a total thrill to talk to you guys and we will talk to you both soon and everybody should watch Dinner with Brett Gelman and family. And Brett Gelman's family this Friday on Adult Swim, twelve thirty AM. Thank, Thank you, time. sir. Thanks, guys. A lot of fun. Thanks, bye. buddy. Bye. Have a great one. You too. All right, bye. Hey Mike. How was that? Was that good? Fun? Good good old time out there? Mike said his he said he just said he said his VCR. D V R or V C R? D V R, okay. He's up to date. He wants everybody to know. Look, we've been talking about this hashtag for the best show. What should be the show's hashtag? It's been going on. The, the, it's the thing that never ends, the discussion. What should be the hashtag for the show? We had best show number four, Life. And then every uh, uh, dimwit jumped on that and tried to turn it into like their, like the, whenever they like a TV show, they add their uh, their little thing on it where they'll say like, scandal, hashtag best show for life. Well, first of all, it's not, that's not the best show. Can you imagine? Scandal is your idea of the best show. Not scandal. Scan- Look, scandal is supposedly all right. I meant to be making fun of revenge, not scandal. Scandal seems perfectly fine. Although it just seems like garbage, right? It's like fun garbage. Is that what scandal is? I'm trying to think of a hashtag that'll just blow up. And get the whole chain like a game changer. Yeah, look. Uh, now people do their fake. I know these are listeners now. 
They, they, they think they're all funny. The slap, hashtag best show for life. It's not even on yet. And it's the best show for life. This one guy I'm not so sure about. He thinks Shipping Wars is the best. I, I, he thinks Shipping Wars is the best show for life. Does anybody watch Storage Wars anymore? What happened? That seems like it was 100 years ago that Storage Wars was like any kind of viable television show in any form. That one dude had a meltdown, Dave, started blowing blowing the whole thing up. Then he got the, then they were saying it's fake. Oh, it's fake? Well, you mean you mean they're not just opening a, a, a random storage locker and finding the most amazing things you've ever seen in it every time? They'd have to film for six months trying to find one half-decent storage locker. They find it be two months before you'd even find one that was they had like, oh look at this, it's a used it's an air conditioner. Like a, an air conditioner from a window. Now they they open these lockers. Oh it's a, it's a sword. Look at this. Oh look at this. It's a it's a, a onyx chess set from five hundred years ago. It's just like the most exotic things in the world apparently have been kept in storage lockers. We did not realize. Where should I put all these rare baseball cards? Oh, I know. Let me take them out of my house and put them in this storage locker. That sounds like a plan. No. Story. They, 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 that, 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 that thing burned hot, man. And, and crashed as fast as it came. I was trying to think, like, what could be, a, what could make a splash? Like, what what could make a splash? I, I've contemplated some things, and uh, Mike, what do you think of it? Think this is one I want to bounce off you, Mike. I might just pull. I don't even know if this is appropriate, even because, like, every version of Best Show, it just. It's, 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 it's open for anyone to, to, to put their dumb thing on. And, the, but then when I, when you, when we did Billy Joel Sucks, we did Billy Joel Sucks, uh, that didn't get anywhere, cause I, I don't think Sucks could, uh, be a part of a trending thing. Right? I thought of one, and I might just even just... I don't even know if I should say it out loud. Should I say it? Yes. Now, I'm not telling people to use this by any stretch. Do you think this is a viable hashtag, Mike? Billy Crystal DUI. As a hashtag. You like I see, I don't feel good. I don't think that's the way to go. I, I just, something feels, because he's never had a DUI. So it's, there's, that's wrong. The only way that that would work, and look, somebody actually has an, it, how fast are people coming up with stuff? These, Billy Crystal DUI pops up right away, a, a graphic for it. 
And there, there, now we're off to that. I can't even, can I get the toothpaste back in the tube on this one? He's never had a DUI. I'm pulling this one back off the table. Do not use that as a hashtag. I don't, it didn't, he never had a DUI. I thought it would, it was a funny notion, but I don't think it's, uh, I'm not into it. I'm not into it. I don't know. What do you think? Unless it's unless DUI stood for something else, right? What could it stand for? Dudes unfunny, right? Dudes unfunny infinitely. That's 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 pretty thin. I don't know. Billy Crystal DUI. He never had a DUI. I can't stand it. There's another. These images. People got a lot of free time, man. Billy Crystal DUI just pops up. I picture Billy Crystal logging on to Twitter now and then seeing the Billy Crystal DUI. I'm I'm pulling this off the table. I, I reject it. Billy Crystal DUI, do not use that. It's already off to the races here. I'm seeing it all over the place. I hope this, yeah. But look, then this guy's such a dirtbag, Billy Crystal. That thing when he was like, what's that one thing he was moaning? There's these gays on television. Enough's enough. This is a guy who was on soap. Forty years ago, he was like the one who everybody was outraged about. And and then he ended up on a show. He was on a show where he played a, 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 a gay guy. And it... And everybody... Oh, what an outrage. And back then, he... No, you don't get it. What's wrong, you uptight people? Now it doesn't fit his, it doesn't fit his worldview anymore, whatever that is. He's mad at it. Cause he's not the one getting attention for it. Billy Crystal. What do you imagine? I hope. Is anybody using that? I hope they're not. I'm look, I'm looking now. I, I, And then Billy, somebody's now retweeted Billy Crystal. Mr. Crystal, I apologize. I had, I, this was a, a, a flawed notion. I pulled it. And I apologize that I cannot get the toothpaste back in the tube on this. But he, look, he does suck, right? If you had to be handcuffed to Billy Crystal or Billy Joe, I don't know. Maybe it's just Billy's I don't like. Maybe it's Billy. Maybe that's what set me off with all these guys. The name Billy. Hi, Billy. Is that what it is? A grown man? Grown man calling himself Billy? Yeah, somebody said doddering unfunny imbecile. That's not bad. But 
Yeah, this is all over. This thing exploded. Oh, no. Don't do it. Just I wanted... This guy never had a DUI. Can they put a question mark after it? Like, at least it's just like your question... <laughs> and now... It's Billy. It's the Billy. That's what sent me off. I don't like Billy Joe Armstrong... I don't like Billy Joel. I don't like Billy Crystal. I think it's grown men calling themselves Billy is what's uh, what's real, and and the fact that they're talentless. Those two things that they call themselves Billy and that they're whatever field they're in, they're completely talentless. Billy Corgan. There's another one. I don't like, right? Billy Corgan. Don't like that. Don't under somebody said what if it's positive? Don't underestimate imagination. I like that. I would never underestimate Billy Joel's uh, Billy Crystal's imagination. Ugh. Did you watch any of the Grammys, Mike? What did you see on the Grammys? I didn't watch any of it. I didn't watch any of it. Some weird stuff. All right. I'll keep my eyes peeled for some weird stuff. Yeah, Beck. Beck cleaned up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knew? Beck's big year. Congratulations, Beck. You did it. As you, 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 your music's just bad enough now that it can start winning awards. It's just boring enough that now we can award it. Billy Eichner. I like Billy Eichner. There you go. That's the exception to the rule. I like Billy Miller. Okay, there's two Billies I like. I like Billy Jack. Okay, fine. I'm being disproven. There's some Billies I don't like, and there's other Billies I do like. Just, that's how it goes. And now Andy Kindler suggesting, you have tried the rest of the show, now try the best show for life. Okay, that's too long. You've tried the rest of the shows. What's he, writing for pizza boxes now, this guy? But then the, the thing, I guess, uh, Beck wins this award, this completely meaningless award for album of the year. And then Kanye West, the uh, the uh, ambassador for for talent, apparently, goes on stage and gets all mad and then wants him to give the award to Beyonce. And it's like, I know some people are like, oh, the... Kanye West is awesome. It was great. And then other people are like, I like Beck and I didn't think that was cool. I see that moment go down. All I see, all I see, bunch of ha- the haves. All I see is the haves. All patting each other on the back. That's the haves, man. All again, another, another, more reward. The haves reward themselves one more time. 
like they need that. Like, like they need any of these people need awards. They already won the award. Life. Welcome to the Life Award Show. The nominees are the winners. Yeah. The haves. All the haves. Meanwhile, I'm grinding it out here in the toilet of life. My life goes down, down, down. Where's the basement on this thing? I thought I was in the basement. I'm apparently I'm not yet. Apparently there's um there's uh, lower floors on this thing. Down, down, down. The halves. Look, whatever you think of it, Kanye West, it's it's it's, it's the him going up there and they, they dancing around, getting mad about awards. It's like. He might want to do what I do if award shows bug him that much. Don't go to, the, don't watch them. I don't watch anymore. I don't watch any of these things. They'll drive me nuts. All I see are the halves I watch these things. Meanwhile, I'm flushing my week down the can trying to straighten out minutia like you, you never saw before just to keep this uh, show afloat. Making a run at this thing. Trying to make a run at it. Keep this thing on its feet. The halves. Tell you, man. It's hard. This show, it's hard keeping this show, uh, going. I should have, I should have just done what the halves do. Drop it, sign a deal with somebody. Yeah, I mean, I did the best show. That was fun at that point. Now I'm going to do this other thing that pays me a ton of money. Nah, I'm still doing it. Still trying to turn this thing into something because I'm dumb enough to believe. Dumb enough to believe. The biggest curse. Curse of my life. Dumb enough to believe. Thankfully, this Billy Crystal DUI stopped. Seems like it's cooled down now. But is Kanye West? There's going to be a point where suddenly you're uh, you're up there running around. Wah! I want this award. Wah! The award should go to Beyonce. It's, it's, it's charming now. Wait till he gets into uh, the uh, the the what would you call that? The uh, the uh, wait wait till his career goes to Corgan Town. We'll see how charming it is. Suddenly, there's they're sliding him back a little bit. He's got to go 30 rows down to get toward the stage. He's got to try to figure out how to get from the mezzanine down to the stage. He'll be explaining to the security guy, Hey, I'm going to do that thing I do at these things where I run up there and make a spectacle of myself. Yeah, no, you're not. 
I just want to know how I get down from the mezzanine to get over to this. What's the fastest way to get down to the Yeah, you're not getting down. You're not getting to the lower level, sir. Heading towards Corgantown, man. When this guy's in Corgantown, we'll see how, we'll see how funny it is when he go, when he's trying to get off stage moaning about awards. It's like a country song. I'm going down, down, down to Corgantown. Right? What do you think about that? Should I record that? No. I'll answer that one. Corgan town. See how funny it is when Kanye West is, uh, you know, it's over when you end up in a Super Bowl commercial playing like a comedic version of yourself. When, it, when, when he's in a, a GoDaddy commercial doing his uh, award show interruption thing, that's when it'll be right. Or it'll be like, uh, this is Carl's Jr. burger is so good that Kanye West can't even interrupt because he's so busy eating it. Like that'll be the, that'll be the commercial. We gave Kanye West this. What are those burgers? Those burgers look so disgusting. On those commercials. It's like the world is splitting in two. Like some people are getting healthier. Like I'm trying to eat healthy. Like kale is now like a mainstay in like America on one, one side of things. And the other side, it's like, how can we make these things even bigger? These burgers. We need to make these things so big. That like a, a Big Mac, it's a joke that you'd even call it a hamburger. What if we just do like New Bridge for Life? What do you think about that? Nobody, nobody's going to mix up New Bridge with anything. Hail Newbridge? No, that sounds weirdly. Sounds like a Nazi rally's going on. What's that? Dead. Dead. That's that's right. That's the number, Mike. In case anybody didn't know the number, no, not Hail. I don't like. That. I'm seeing somebody tweet out Hail Newbridge. That looks terrible. No. Newbridge for life. I say that let's let's try that on for size. And not Billy Crystal DUI. And look at the way people are writing. Who's gonna win the NBA three point shootout? Billy Crystal DUI. Has nothing to do with anything. This guy. Look, I like Billy Crystal. I like I like the guy just fine. He was uh he did his uh his run on Saturday Night Live. He did uh Fernando and Sammy Davis Jr. A little troubling that he's a little, he's a little quick with the black face. Strange that he thinks 
He's got a pass on that. Mr. Crystal does not deserve to get dragged through this. That Bob Dylan speech, Bob Dylan. I'm not going to even. show you're on the air hi is this tom sharpling yes this is tom hey tom this is skip magellan of the u.s postal service i'm your mail carrier skip hey how are you good how are you doing i'm doing good hey i wanted to thank you you um delivered a package an amazon package for me and you put it on my back porch during the snowstorm which was fantastic because and you even put it in a plastic bag which kept it dry and and uh yeah thank you so much that was really nice of you of course i mean that's that's what i do and it it was no problem at all and and i want to say uh you know it i was going to take a chance and leave it on the front stoop but it it did it looked very wet so Mm -hmm. i i I took it around back i I just want to make sure that you actually got it because uh you know i wasn't sure if my writing on the note that i left in the mailbox was legible my my fingers were so cold that they were like they're frozen it's it's brutal out yeah i uh i got it that's thank you of course man that was that was quite a day i barely made it back to the post office that night roads were so treacherous Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's been rough i mean um I'm glad I'm glad you made it back okay when the when everything was so so snowy and icy then and um yeah I, I really appreciate the effort too. Oh, of course, you know it's my job and you know the motto neither rain nor snow, right? Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I've got a question. Is this what is this like a radio show or something? What is it? Yeah, it's 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 like an online show. It's uh it's like a like a kind of a call in type show. Yeah. Oh. It's it's uh 
you know, I'll talk about, uh, what's been going on with things, you know, current events and whatnot and kind of a little bit of everything. That's really cool. Wow. I, I didn't even, I didn't even know that. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, Minnick, I, I could, I could get your take on this, this, this Brian Williams thing. Yeah, I guess. What do you, what do you make of this? Well, he got suspended today for six months. Oh, I yeah. didn't hear that, really? Yeah, it just came down. He just got suspended for six months. And, wow, uh, hard to come back from that, right? Yeah, I don't know. I, maybe the, maybe that's enough time that he can get some distance from all this stuff now. But it's the, he's never been my uh, all-time favorite guy. So not that I'm rude against him, but it's it's, it's just it's not uh, it's not surprising when people kind of do that thing where they go on a lot of talk shows and. Right, yeah. You know. You know what I mean? Well, oh, I, I do. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you one thing about this guy. Uh-huh. He is in deep trouble with the Postmaster General. Brian Williams is. Yeah, yeah. How so? Well, you know, they're doing all all this checking into, into his reporting and his public appearances and stuff, and apparently back in 2007, he did a speech for the higher-ups at the Postal Service, and he said that he worked as a mail carrier for a summer when he when he was younger. Really? And, yeah, and uh, of course no one no one checked on it because it was Brian Williams, America's funniest newsman, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is America's funniest newsman. Yeah, but I will tell you, word on on the mail route, uh huh, is that it's total BS hit. That he was uh, uh, a mail carrier. Oh yeah, he never slung the white envelope. Uh huh. Yeah. Really? I'll tell you the the closest that Wimple Dimple ever got to the postal service is when he interviewed Ben Gibbard uh, last October on Brian Williams' Indie Rock Halloween special. Did you catch that? No, I I, I did not see. Uh, what was it, Brian Williams' Indie Rock Halloween special? I think the best part was when Spoon did Monster Mash. Wow! I can't believe I missed that. Yeah, it didn't get great ratings. Uh, well, that's not surprising. Yeah, I guess music is not always the highest rated stuff when they yeah. do what they do specials and things like that. Yeah. Oh, did you hear about Ben Gibber breaking his arm the other day? Did you see that? No. He did. Yeah, he had a photo on on Instagram. Um, I, I, it, from what I heard, he was running a marathon while carrying a bear that was taped to an alligator. And then he slipped on a wet magazine and he blew out his forearm. It was really sick. Wow. Wait, he was carrying a bear taped to an alligator. Yeah, it's this new extreme, uh, super extreme marathoning that people do. I mean, that's beyond extreme. Yeah, and like some, some people will, will like carry chainsaws the whole way. While over their head, just waving them around. While they're running a marathon. Yeah, yeah. Very dangerous. Very treacherous. It sounds extremely treacherous. Doesn't it? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. That's, I don't uh, know. That's something, that's something else. Yeah. Anyway, getting back to Brian Williams. Mm-hmm. Lying about being a mailman is not something you want to uh, ever do. Okay? Uh-huh. I mean, I, I know it's a cliche, but what Newman said on Seinfeld is true. When you control the mail, you control infotainment. Uh, wait, from Seinfeld, the quote Newman, his his Seinfeld's rival on on the show, yeah, was a was a mail carrier. He said, 
well, it's information. He said, when you control the mail, you control information. You said, oh, no. Why? You said infotainment. That's what I thought it was. No. It's information. Guess who got that tattooed on his shoulder? Uh, <laughs> you did? You got yep. that? You got, when you control the mail, you control infotainment tattooed on your on your shoulder. Well, I did the, the ellipses between control and infotainment. <laughs> you know, the, the double ellipse. Uh, it was a double ellipsis. Okay, so like six. Like six of them, yeah. Wow, that's that's a pretty extreme uh, tattoo to not get uh, confirmation on before I you know. kind of pull well, the trigger I feel, on. I, I feel very foolish now. Uh huh. Wow. I feel like a ju- a juvenile buffoon. <laughs> a juvenile buffoon. I do. Well, look. Anyway. Hmm. Brian Williams lying his wimple off about this only ends up taking away from those celebrities who actually did their time as mail deliverers. You know, boy, they made it big, of course. Huh. Like, like who, who, uh, who, which celebrities were mail carriers before they, uh, made it? Uh, off the top of my head, um, Gerald Ford, uh, John Wayne, Jackie Gleason, Mickey Mantle, Cornelius Bumpus from the Doobie Brothers, uh, Charles Lindbergh. Uh, who else? Don Cheadle, Paul Stanley. Drop my wallet. Oh. Gotta get a, I gotta get a chain for this thing. I'm sick of it. It's a thing now. Maybe it's the winter is why. The, it, it just seems to happen in the winter. Do you drop your wallet often? Occasionally. It's very frustrating. Do you know where I dropped my... You'll never guess. The last time I dropped my wallet was about four days ago. Right. You'll never guess what it fell in. Pudding? No, it, it was not pudding. It was uh, uh, a bowl of, uh, like a dog food, like a bowl of dog food. Oh, no. Yeah. Was the dog food moist? It was moist. How yeah. moist was it? It was, ve- it was very moist. Ugh, that's sick. And then your wallet got all moist, too. My wallet was so moist that it there's was... N- there's nothing worse than, than moist leather. I don't know how to unmoisten it. I wonder if you could just pop that in the microwave. There has to be like a mo- uh, anti-moist setting. I'm guessing like 32 seconds. You I know, the, it's worth looking into. It is. Because I did not like the way my wallet felt. After no. That. Who, who else? I'm trying to think who other, if, if there were a couple more famous uh, ma- ma- mail carriers. Oh, uh, Justin Timberlake. Uh, A.J. Foyt, Marilyn Monroe, Evelyn Champagne King, uh, Stephen Hawking, Chris Mars, C. Everett Koop, I think, was one, uh, Kirk Douglas, uh, who else, Vern Troyer, Winston Churchill, of course, uh, Bjorn Borg, Ernest Borgnine, um, Kurt Weill, uh, Albert Einstein, G.G. Allen, Julius Irving, Harpo Marx, uh, Richard Marx, Mark Spitz, uh, Spitzdicks from Fear, Pope Francis, and that's just to name a couple. A couple um, mail carriers. Yeah. Yeah. Those heroes who have lugged the brown satchel. Ugh. The brown satchel. That's what you call it? Yeah. The b- heroes who lugged the brown satchel. Yeah. You make it sound disgusting. It's not, though. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a weird turn of phrase. Well, you know who else had a mail route? Who's that? Joe Namath. The football star. He did, yeah. Yep. Hmm. 
Oh, man, speaking of, have you heard this thing called The Joe Show? It's this guy, he's from Newbridge, and, and his name is, um, it's, um, Brother, brother Ron. Yeah, Brother, brother Ron. Ron. Brother Ron. Okay. Have you heard it? Ugh. Well, he does this thing on his podcast. This thing where he does, it's like a talk show between the two unlikeliest people. Joe Walsh from the, you know, the Eagles. Mm -hmm. And Joe Namath. Yep. And his imitations are spot on. I, I'm really good at imitations, but I'm not as good as he is. So it's like it's something like, uh, like, hey, Joe Davis, how's it going today? I just got off tour with the Eagles. And then Joe Namath will say, oh, well, I, I haven't played uh, football for quite a while, but when I did play, uh, I had a lot of fun until my knees uh, got broken during a play. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. Something like that. Well, I, I got to say, Skip, um, uh -huh. Brother Ron stole that from me. The whole Joe show thing was my routine that I've been doing for a while now. And that's my brother, Ron. And he just took it from me. Uh, he's been wholesaling that uh, ever since he heard me do it. He decided to just take it and not give me any credit for it. You don't have to do this, Tom. <laughs> I don't have to do what? Just let someone else have have some some notoriety, okay? It's not oh. a big deal. There's a there's enough fame for everyone out there. There's enough fame. Okay, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Fame. Oh yeah. Well, uh. I mean, you know, there, there's enough for everyone. Look at Bob Dylan. You know, mm -hmm. another mailman. Really? Oh yeah. He he sorted mail in, in uh, Hibbing when he was just out of high school. You know that song, uh, Boots of Spanish Leather. Mm -hmm. Well, that's about him accidentally dropping a very important package down a storm drain once. The the song Boots of Spanish Leather. Yep, yeah, yeah. The package contained these very expensive Spanish boots, and Bob knew that he was going to be in huge trouble. So you know what he did? What? He split for New York City the next day. Uh-huh. And that's what brought him out there. He, he arrived at Woody Guthrie's bedside in New Jersey, mm -hmm. still wearing his mailman shorts. So when he, so the, the the famous time when he went to visit Woody Guthrie, yep, in the hospital, he was yeah. still dressed like a mailman. Well, he had the shorts on. Yeah, uh -huh. okay. It was February too, which is weird. Yeah, like what's he trying to prove? Okay, you grew up where it's cold. Yeah, you can handle it. I don't. Yeah. I don't know what the big deal is. I don't know. Hey, did you did you hear what he said at the at the at that Grammy thing the other night? I think it was like a a pre Grammy. Like award on, ceremony? Yeah, like some honor honorees or something yeah. that took place. And he did this speech that for him it's strange. He's such a a private person, but right. he did this extended speech where he kinda it was strangely like bitter about like uh Lieber and Stoller and mm. uh Merle Haggard and uh Tom T. Hall, all these peers i guess of his more or less and he, right. he the ones who he kind of used it as a platform to to vent about these guys who he did not like or felt liked him which i thought was that's very odd yeah to to, to do that when you're being honored and you know i'll be honest I, I don't know much about tom t hall or merle haggard but um 
You know, I, I do like this band I saw on TV the other day called Georgia State Line. Uh-huh. They're kind of like they're kind of like if Winger played country. Georgia State Line. Yeah. Yeah, I, I you, don't know. You got to hear this this stuff. It's really good. Uh huh. Yeah. Sound, so well, sounds Winger playing country. That sounds. Yeah. That, I, I, that sounds. That might not be for me. Wait till you hear it. Mm-hmm. You know, have you seen this transcript of Dylan's speech? No. Well, you know, everyone's talking about his other stuff, but no one's commenting on the part where he says that the thing that he regrets most in life was being mean to Neil Diamond at the last waltz. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, he, he then said that Neil's song Porcupine Pie is as good as anything he's ever written. The song, por- wow, Porcupine Pie. Sure. It's, it's really good. Ugh, it's not. Okay. You don't like it? I think it's uniquely bad. Oh, well. You know, he also said that he wants to exsanguinate Ross Valerie, the bassist from Journey. I don't know why. I, I didn't hear any of this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, I should get rolling. Um, you know, and, and I've heard good things about this Genesis documentary. It, not really my scene, but I, I, I hope you like it. Um, all right, well, it was great to talk to you, Tom. Wait. What, uh, what did you, talk, oh no, hold on, hold on a second. What, what did you just say about the Genesis documentary? Yeah, I, I just said that that's not really my scene. I, I'm into garage rock. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how did you know that the Genesis documentary was in the package that I ordered? Uh, the one you put on my back porch? Oh, you know how shoddily Amazon packs those boxes of theirs. It, it, it came open in, in transit. How shot they how shoddily they pack their things. I think their things their packaging is amazing. It's not shoddy at all. Alright. The package didn't come open. Uh-huh. I'll tell you one thing, those Amazonians pack those things tighter than Barry Gibbs pants on the spirits having flown to her. Yeah. No, the the uh, Amazon packaging is, is pretty pretty tight. It's pretty tight. Speaking of speaking yeah. of Remember this BG song that, that that went, "Girl, you're being a bitch, and it's the last thing I need from you." I'm having no luck finding this thing on iTunes, and I'm 99% that sure that it's on the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack. Well, it's deaf. That is your. Well, you're. Let you're, me sing it again. Girl, you're being a bitch, and it's the last thing I need from you. That I'm is, not sure which guy sang it. Well, it kind of sounds like you're doing uh, Barry. Merv. Who? Merv? Merv. There was no BG named Merv. Oh. But uh, I don't know that song. I know it's not on the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack. Um, but what I do want to know, Skip, is uh, how you knew that Genesis DVD was in my package. I was doing a random safety scan. What's that? I was doing a random safety scan, and I saw what was in it. Uh, oh, uh, what, what is a safety scan? A random safety scan? Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes I x-ray random packages on my truck to make sure there's nothing like Racine or uh, uh, bovine flu or anthrax or any other kind of thrax in the, in the packages. Mm-hmm. It's a service I provide free of charge because I care, Tom. And what are you x-raying these packages with? Well, I have a portable handheld x-ray device. Kern Medical Supplies makes them to see if people have the early stages of uh, 
free flagrant thackets, which is, of course, a turbo version of post-flagrant rickets. Hard to detect without an x-ray. Yeah, well, I, I got to tell you, that is a complete uh, invasion of people's privacy, that you're, you're x-raying packages. But I'm keeping people safe, Tom. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's not up to you to determine that, and it's wrong, and, you know, you're, you're lucky I don't report you. Like, I could report you to the police for that. Why are you mad? It's not like you have anything embarrassing in your packages like Judge Davies. Okay, well, that's nobody's business what's in anybody's package. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Judge Davies has all these, all these devices that he ordered from Germany. One of them, strap, strap yourself in. One of them was a device that was made out of... Hardened bratwurst on a rotary telephone dial. Well, I just, I just bleeped that. How much of it? Almost all of it. Oh. It had no place. It has no place. Okay. But I'll tell you, I, I do give him credit for this. He has been on the cover of Device Monthly seven times. He's a legend in that world. He even has his own hot sauce. Device Monthly? Yeah. That's a magazine? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. I, I can't say the name of the hot sauce over the phone, though. I'd be jailed because it's so pornographic. I, d- I don't like any of this uh, I, I, at all. But you do like that I help people, though, right? <laughs> How, how are you helping people? Well, in addition to the aforementioned courtesy x-rays, I turn people on to things they might not know about otherwise. And, and how are you turning people on to things they don't know about? Well, say during one of my courtesy x-rays, I see someone has ordered or eBayed a movie or, or a book. I'll, in turn, recommend something else that they might like that they might not know about. Uh-huh. Like, like, take this. When Bryce Prefontaine ordered Dick's Picks Volume 36, yeah. I recommended to him Fish's A Picture of Nectar. Okay. Yeah. Or, or when Sheila Larson ordered Halloween 2, mm-hmm. I recommended Trent L. Strauss's For Whom the Table Saw Tolls. Uh-huh. Or, or like when you got that big box from Third Man Records last year. I slipped my band's CD through the crack in your, uh, in your car window. Wait, what did you do? You slipped a, C- a CD where? Through the crack in your in your car window. Through the crack in my car window. Yeah, your window was rolled down a little bit. I popped it in there. So you Wait. Are you in the band Raging Monarchs? Yeah. Oh, what? Cuz Cuz I had found a CD in my car. Yeah. And I had no idea how it got there. I assumed it maybe I'd opened mail at the station and it fell out of my bag or something, but I didn't remember doing that. Right. And I got to tell you that Raging Monarch CDs—that's some of the best garage rock, you know. I've heard in ages. You know, it's like as good as anything on you know Goner or Hozak. Um, wow. Yeah, I listen to that CD every day for months. Well, thank you so much. I mean, that, that, that's so nice to hear. We really worked hard on it, and we all agreed that we wanted it to sound warm yet punchy. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really, it, it's, it's really kind of authentic without kind of having that, um, like a retro sure, feel yeah, to yeah. it. Like you actually capture the spirit of garage rock without, it's not like you're doing like a museum. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and, and the, the, the one thing is, uh, I was, you know, there were no, credits really on it there's like very few credits listed because i was to figure out even who was behind this thing well you know we want to keep some mystery to it we don't want people to know everything about it you know because mm-hmm. i mean it was uh really your band's really pretty rocking skip um thank you Thanks. it's like the i it's the kind of i would love to see you guys live oh well no chance of that happening, unfortunately. The uh, the Raging Monarchs are, are a done deal. It was a, it was a very bad ending. Really? Yeah. What what uh, what happened? Well, you know, little Stephen. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Uh, me, uh, you know, of course, he's one of Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band's four guitar players. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, he heard our album. It's a doggy dog world, and and he flipped over. He loved it. So he gets us to come over to Norway last year to to play the house band on his series Lilyhammer. Mm-hmm. You know, and he, he plays this kind of New York mob guy who's kind of in witness protection over in Norway. Yeah, Little Steven has a show that's what on Netflix, I believe. It's a Netflix original. Yeah, and it's it's called Lilyhammer. Lilyhammer, Hammer, ha- Hammer. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. and yeah. he's he yeah. So he has that show. So he. Wow, he asked you guys to be on it. Yeah, I mean, how cool a break is that? Really, really, that's kind of a big time for a, a band like us, right? Sure. Oh, yeah. So we go over there, and everything's awesome. Steven is totally cool. He let me wear one of his silken bandanas one night. And I'll tell you one thing. What's that? It was a total IPD. An IPD? Yeah. What is, what is an IPD? An instant panty dropper? Why? Ugh. That's awful. It is awesome. In, no, I said oh, What did awful. you say? I said awful. Oh. Well, I guess we'll, I guess we'll agree to disagree on that one. But anyway, Stephen had these great Bruce Springsteen stories. Oh, really? I'm yeah. sure I'm sure he's got plenty of them. Did, did you know that Bruce is obsessed with dying poor? You know, a few years ago, I, I had done an interview with a guy who had written a book about Bruce Springsteen claiming the same thing, but it turned out that guy was, uh, I guess, I guess the simplest way to say it, that guy was fraudulent. He, he did not, the book was not real. His version of the book was not real. Huh. Well, I don't know anything about this guy that you speak of, but what he said is true. Bruce is terrified of being penniless. Really? Yeah, yeah. He sells magazine subscriptions when he's on tour. How weird is that? Bruce Springsteen does. He does. He sells them before the show, sells them after the show, sells them during the show. Wait, during his show? Yeah. Like during a Bruce Springsteen concert? concert. Yep, like in a stadium. He sells magazine subscriptions. He does. When he goes out into the crowd during those super long breakdowns, like like in that song, um, uh, what's it called? Mary's Place? Uh-huh. Has a super long dragged out thing. 
he's down there in the crowd pitching Red Book and Men's Health subscriptions to fans. Pitching them? Yeah. That sounds he, insane. He's handing them these little forms, and they, and they fill them out, and he puts them in his pocket. Oh, that's... So weird. That's That seems just ludicrous. Maybe you're ludicrous. <laughs> well, maybe I'm ludicrous. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, that sounds... I'm still going to say what you just said sounds ludicrous. Okay. Well, anyway, so everything's going great over there. We're all having a blast. Uh-huh. But then, I don't know, I guess I got... <laughs> I got a little too comfortable with the other actors and the crew. I started pulling these stunts. Ugh, I don't like where this is going. Like, yeah. like what? What kind of stunts were you pulling? Well, I got really drunk one night, and I went to the Olympic bobsled run. You know, from the actual Olympics that they held there, mm-hmm. and I slid down it. Um. Okay. The, well, that just sounds dangerous. That doesn't really sound like a stunt. Well. I use little Stevens' 1958 Strat as a sled. So you okay? So you went down the bobsled run on top of little Stevens, probably what his most treasured guitar is. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. He was livid. Yeah, uh, I'm sure he was. He tried to put it somewhere. What was left of it? Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. And and then like to make it worse, I was always imitating the Norwegian accent around the crew. And I, I've got a pretty good ear for accents. I'm pretty good at them. Okay. So like I I, I would go, uh, you guys want some fish? How's the fish today? Oh. Do you want more fish today? <laughs> this is your act. This is your imitation of the people of Norway. Yeah. Well, that, what kind of fish today? I've never been to Norway, and that mm. is super, super insulting and inaccurate. I've never even been there, and I know how insulting that is. Oh, man. Well, I was also doing a lot of USA number one stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was telling them that we invented heat and snow plows, and that they'd all be speaking Japanese if it wasn't for good old Uncle Stan. Uh-huh. Uncle Stan. Yeah. yeah well, it's Uncle Sam, not Uncle Stan. Is it? Yeah. Oh and, great! And you ha- you have no so they they'd be speaking Japanese if it wasn't for us. Are you sure it's Uncle Sam? I'm positive it's Uncle Sam. Great! Guess who got that tattooed on him? <laughs> what did you get, Uncle Stan? Uncle Stan will crush you. <laughs> well, even if you got Uncle Sam right, the right. will crush you is not a thing. Sure it is, isn't it? I thought that was the Marine thing. Oh, I thought Semper Fi meant we will crush you. Okay, well, you're not a Marine, though, are you? I could be, though. I've okay. a lot of push-ups in my life. <laughs> sure, but that's neither here nor there. You're not supposed to go get Marine tattoos on you if you could have been a Marine. Wait, what did you say? That's neither what? Neither here nor there. I thought it was, that's neither here nor there. Like you're comforting a woman named Nora. You, Here, Nora. nope, there, no, there. that's, that's not it, nope. Huh, okay. I hope you didn't get that tattooed on you. I'm going to tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess you just, that's your gain now, that you didn't get that tattooed on you. I like that, yeah, your uh-huh. gain now. Uh-huh. You're I gonna, get that tattooed. You are, I knew you were going to yeah. get that tattooed. You're not, you can't resist, can you? I can't. I hear things <laughs> and then they pop and I want them on me. Yeah, uh-huh. Right? 
Also, sure. I was doing mucho rails during the shoot. Uh huh. Yeah. When I go on vacation, I go on vacation, Tom. Yeah. Well, okay. So you're in Norway with your yeah. band, lucky enough to get a break to be on this show. Right, right. And then you're just off the, going, you're, oh, no pun intended, off the rails. Right. Oh, good one. Yeah. When you were like, on the rails. Like well, so it all comes to a head one day. Uh huh. And I got really out of control and I threw this major tantrum during a take. Okay. They, they were getting close-ups of everybody in the band and I just didn't feel like I was getting enough, enough screen time, enough glory. Uh-huh. So I, I got really mad, and I went up to the camera, and I ripped it off the tripod. Uh-huh. And I ended, ended up kicking it through the snow like a soccer ball for a mile until it went into a semi-frozen lake. You kicked the camera for a mile. Yeah, just kicking it. Yeah. And then the entire crew, plus little Steven, chased me. Can you imagine little Steven running? I can't. Yeah, it's tough stuff. So they chased me through the woods for yeah. three days. Three days you were getting chased. Yeah, I barely survived. All, all I all I had to eat were snow steaks. What what is a snow steak? They're just snowballs that I made into the shape of steaks. Snow. They don't really taste like like steak, Tom. No, they okay. No, they probably tasted like snow. Yeah, no matter how much a one sauce she put on, they still just taste like snow. Wait, you had A1 sauce on you? Yes. Why? That's the most troubling thing I've ever heard on in the history of this show. You know what's more troubling? What's that? When they found me? Yeah. They whipped my bare haunches with little Steven's hard frozen bandanas. They froze them. They froze his bandanas. They dipped them in water, and then they froze them in hopes that they would be able to do a haunch beating. And they sounds like they did it. They did do that, and while they were doing it, those cruel new Norwegian bastards would yell stuff like, You unklagen! Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I, what does you unklagen mean? Well, it translates loosely to, You annoying piece of damp, fetid trash with no homeland to speak of. Very insulting. Yeah, Unclogging. I didn't know. Okay. They took my passport and they fed it to an ice walrus. Uh-huh. Yeah, I didn't even know those things existed. This thing was scary, Tom. It was like straight out of 20,000 leaps beneath the sea. Leaps? Uh, it's, okay, 20,000 leagues beneath the sea. What? Like, well, like sports leagues? No, like... People can't breathe under the water. Even athletes are in shape, though, but I, I, I don't think they could do that either. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they could as well, but... I mean, they have some decent lung capacity, right? Mm -hmm. Athletes? Yeah. I'm sure they do, because yeah. they're in really good shape. Probably not bowlers, though. You can't really call that an athlete, can you? A bowler? I don't think so. You know, baseball players get a, a rap. There was this guy, John Cruck, mm. was at an airport once, and, and a woman <laughs> said to him... Uh, Oh no! She said, "Hey, it's that you're you're, uh, you're John Cruck. You're an athlete." And he said, "Lady, I'm not an athlete. I'm a baseball player." Oh, uh, was he a load or something? Well, he was not small. Yeah, but he was uh, baseball. The whole point is that baseball players don't—they're not like football players or hockey players or basketball players where they're in running around nonstop. I think I, I, I catch your drift there, Tom. 
Okay, so you yeah. didn't get what I, I I said. I didn't until just now. No. Yeah. Okay. Well. But so anyway, I, I was stuck in Norway for a month. Uh huh. I had no passport. I ended up having to work in a fishery just to make enough enough uh, whatever their money's called to get home. Okay. Yeah. That's why your mail was being delivered by my fill-in Rodney that whole time. Oh, Rodney! I that guy. He, oh, no. What did yeah. he do? Well, it was just troubling, this guy who took your route over. Right. He would just kind of like, when he would carry the pack, when he would be kind of like going across everybody's lawn. Right. He kind of had this weird, like, limp move, like he would like drag, like he had a dead leg or something. We call him the dead leg meanderer. Yeah, but he didn't because I would watch him as soon as he would finish delivering all the packages, he would then walk normally to his mail mail truck. He's faking that? It was strange, yeah. That little turd. <laughs> it was very weird. That guy, it, I'm, I was glad you were back, Skip. Thanks. Anyway, anyway I, I'm, I'm glad to be back and I'm mm. uh, Lucky to be back here, you know, with my crotch marbles intact. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, I got, I got the job back, you know. And uh, Look, I'm sorry, that, that was a long story, but basically that's that's the reason I'm out of the music business. You know, it's just too too dangerous, you know. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, so from here on out, I'm sticking to uh, postalnography. What's that? Postalnography? Po- what is postal no- postalnography? Yeah, yeah. What is, what is that? You know how a lot of today's erotic entertainment is so specialized? Um, I don't exactly know what you mean, no. Well, like indie porn, for example. Okay, I don't know what indie porn is. You're kidding. No, I'm not. Wow, well, there's all these X-rated movies that are being made now that are aimed at, at you know, kind of aging indie rockers. Porno movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A- aimed at... Like music, like indie rockers. Exactly, yeah. People who are into that stuff. I have never heard of these. Yeah. Like, do you know, like, what's the name of one? Give me the name of one. Uh, I'll try to think of one for you. Um, oh, well, you know, there, there's there's the Husker Dude, uh, Rocket from My Pants, The Breeders, Immodest, Immodest Mouth, uh, Archie and Loaf. There's a Latino one called My Blood E. Valentine. Uh, Flaming Lips, Yolo Bango, Captain Beefheart, STD Sound System, uh, Morishi, Fella Cooties, uh, Bell and Seb's Ass, she's on. That's a stretch, right? That sounds like a stretch, yeah. Yeah, uh, Bright Thighs, Sleeter, Kenny, uh, Ron Moans Leaves Home, uh, Good Speed, You Black Umpire, uh, what else is there? Dirty Projectors, uh, Bikini Jill, Bone Eat Here. Um, <laughs> you'll never guess what I just saw. Um, what did you just see? I just saw a mouse with a, a very elaborate cape. Uh-huh. What else is there? Uh, VD on the radio, uh, Built to Spill Mike. Oh, I just had to bleep you. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. sorry. Well, that's just to name a couple. Uh-huh. 
Well, yeah. those titles are so truly disturbing. Well, I know they are, aren't they? Uh huh. That's why my postalnography films are going to be way more tasteful. Uh huh. Yeah, I'm going to be the Larry Flint of postal-centric erotic films, Tom. Oh, so they're going to be tasteful like Larry Flint's uh, work. Oh, his stuff is very tasteful. I- I've already written two features. Okay. Yeah. What 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 features have you written? Well, one's called Fondle My Mailbag, and the other one's called Side Door Deliveries. Side, I don't even know what you mean by side door deliveries. Well, what door should the de- deliveries go to, smarty pants? You know, you know, Skip, I, I don't want to discuss any of this uh, on the show or with you off the show. I don't want to discuss any of this. Oof, well, that's going to make our relationship very difficult. How so? Are you ready? Uh-huh. You are going to help me write these things. Oh, uh, okay. I'm Look, gonna... I, I know you subscribe to those screenwriting magazines like Screen Scribe and Movie Pencil. Uh-huh. You, you got to know what you're doing, right? Yeah, well, it's, again, it's none of your business that you know that, but you, well, it's, it's true. Pull, pull, come on, I need you to help me with the dialogue and the story. I can't wait to hear your words coming out of my mouth. Out of your mouth? Oh, yeah. How are they going to be coming out of your mouth? I'm the star of these movies. Oh. Yeah. My erotic film star name is Ulysses S. Mail. U.S. Mail. And Tom? What? Guess how mail is spelled. Well, how, how ma- let me, let me go out on a limb here. I'm going to okay. assume. Uh huh. I just, I'm going to assume. I'm going to just, just a shot in the dark. Right. You're spelling male, M-A-L-E, not M-A-I-L. Wait, what kind of sorcerer are you? So, it's it's not the hard. It was just a guess. I'm not a sorcerer, and um, yeah, Skip. No, I'm not going to write these things uh, for you. Oh well, then I hope you don't mind never getting mail again. Well, you. Cannot do that. That's I can too. I have and I will. <laughs> really? Oh yeah. I learned from the best of them. Keith Garfinkel. May he deliver in peace. Uh huh. Yeah, he was stabbed. Keith Garfinkel. Yeah. So I don't. So he taught you how to do this. He did. Yeah. Uh huh. But come on. Oh, come what, on. What, what, what's going on? Well, I've been I've been in the drive-thru at Fudge Burger this whole time. Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, super long line. They're giving away fudge fries with every Fudgezilla burger. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, no. I'll, you don't like that? It's super yummers. Oh, I don't like oh, that. Oh, total yummers. Have you ever heard that before? Yummers? Yeah. Um, I don't think so. Oh, my friend Michael turned me on to it. He loves saying it. Yummers. Yeah. Oh. Come on, you dinkleberries! Ugh, very frustrating. Come on. Yeah, my mail truck has two horns. Uh huh. Yeah. I heard the second horn there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll see you in the writers' room, Tom. Um. Well, you're gonna be there. Skip, I'm not helping you with any of this stuff. It's not gonna happen. There's. I think he hung up. 
Oh boy. Oh, skip. Skip, you're killing me. Timmy's organism. that Timmy's organism it's a split single with John Wesley Coleman again on the goner label the name of that song's mind over matter you want to do the right thing drop me a line that show number four life at yahoo.com you run a label you let me know what's what so I was told uh, that uh, new bridge for life was trending and this Billy Crystal thing uh, apparently the the thing that I uh, I'm asking you all to not please stop um yeah You know, this Bob Dylan thing, when Bob... Did you watch that, Bob? Did you hear that speech, Mike? I've seen... Trans- I-, I saw a transcription, but I didn't read the transcription. I saw a trans... I- I, you know, he... <clears throat> Look, he's moaning. He get- this guy gets his, re- his reward. Gets up there and starts moaning about this one and that one. Yeah, at a point, don't you think Bob Dylan needs to let go of the Lieber and Stoller beef that he's been holding on to for 55 years? And look, I'll, I'll say this. With, uh, I understand the idea of holding on to uh, beef. I got a few. I'm still haunted by a few things that people have said to me. Never let go of. Still hanging on. I get it. Can't fault this guy too much on that. Even though he should be, we gotta be bigger than these things. Uh, sometimes we're not bigger than them. But, uh. Where does he kind of. This, this is a question for. for Bob Dylan fans. And you're, you've seen him currently, right? Is there a point when 
Like, let me just add, let me present it to you this way, Mike. Say you what's something you like to eat, right? No, right. What's something you like to eat? Quesadillas. Why does he pick the weirdest thing? Quesadillas. Okay, quesadillas. Say you go to the, get your you go to your quesadilla place, right? The place you like to get the quesadillas from. You go eat your quesadilla, right? Then one day, the quesadillas just are different, right? Like they're like, they're just like, they're they're like, they taste spoiled now, right? It's like, oh no, these are quesadillas still. Keep eating your quesadillas. We're still calling these quesadillas, right? Then you notice that there's like, Pieces of like pieces of dirt in them, right? But they're still calling them quesadillas. Like, at what point does Bob Dylan still get to call himself Bob? Like, you go to see him live. Is that how is that Bob? You know what I mean? But the whole thing is like false advertising. I'm not saying he's got to get up there and do the hits, the like a pre-recorded version of them. Like it's, but it's like still calling that Bob Dylan. That's not Bob. I can make a case that that's not Bob Dylan. Case it is. Mike still made it weird. Still made it. You made it. You made it weird, Mike. Is that a podcast? You made it weird. Isn't that that guy has that podcast? That have? Another one of the haves. You made it weird. Scraping it out here. How low does this elevator go? We will find out. We will find out. It's like a limbo. Like I'm on a limbo. Imagine if you were doing the limbo and you started going under the floor is what I'm doing. That's how I'm... That's that's what this is like. I'm limboing, but I'm going somehow beneath the the floor. Line four? Mike said line four will cheer me up. Best show, you're on the air. Hi, Tom. Hi, who's this? This is Lisa in Orlando, Florida. Lisa in Orlando, Florida. What's going on tonight, Lisa? Well, I am hoping that you will find this story amusing. Um... But I, I was looking for the right time to call, and the Bee Gees came up tonight, so I found the segue, got over the nerves, made the call. So um, I recently took my mom to a Parkinson's symposium where there were different speakers and doctors, including John Gabriel, who was the you know former hero of the Orlando Magic and now with the Knicks. <laughs> but um, he was like the headliner speaker. And my mom has Parkinson's, but really I think she mostly wanted to go to see what the country club looked like. But um, anyway, so mostly the room was full of people who are either suffering from Alzheimer's or Parkinson's and um, their loved ones. And I was by far the youngest and uh, most nimble brain you would think in the room. And then, so everyone's there, not a very lively group, um, and then... 
different people got up and spoke, and then everyone was kind of waiting for John Gabriel to get up. And right when he got on stage and started to speak, my phone started ringing. I was that jerk, but I don't know if you remember me ever telling you that my ringtone is Gary the Squirrel singing Nights on Broadway. <laughs> okay, so it starts ringing at this <laughs> Parkinson's starts, symposium. Yes, it's like all very old, very quiet, still, rather humorless crowd. And I had been wedged into this um, sort of folding chair area where I had to put my purse under the seat and I couldn't get to it. So I don't want to do an impression of Gary, but you know what Gary sounds like singing the Bee Gees and it's just going off and going off and my mother is trying to pretend like she's not there and I know she's going to murder me later and then the best thing ever happened everybody just started laughing like <laughs> really? it was so funny that everybody started laughing and so I wanted you to know that you brought joy to an almost catatonic crowd or rather, Gary did by his. You, you hear that, Mike? You hear that? <laughs> you can't stand him. Yet he brings joy to people. And and the best part is now my mother wants me to play it for her friends. Like it's it's my new party trick. Like when I was a kid at their cocktail parties, you know, show them how you sing. Well, now it's play that ringtone. That's really funny. Well, and the best part is trying to explain to everyone it's a. Uh, who is it? It's not the Bee Gees. Who is it? Well, it's a squirrel, it's a puppet, singing the Bee Gees. And then they just look at me like I'm crazy, but I love it still. I think it's awesome. And Yay. I appreciate you telling me that, Lisa. Well, I thought you'd like to know you're spreading joy where you might least expect it. Well, I, I am. <laughs> that, that actually is a nice thing you said. Okay. Thank you for... Well, uh, I hope I hope the rest of the year goes great. Thank you. It won't. Okay. Oh, it will. No, it's too late. 2016, we'll see what that has to hold. Best show, you're on the air. Hey, Tom, what's going on? Oh, not a whole lot. Just uh, doing the show. Who's, uh, are who's you this? It tonight? Uh, I'm sure. I'm having a, a great time. Who's this? This is uh, Corey from Long Island. Corey from Long Island. What's up tonight, Corey? Well, big news. Um, it's a little. It's a little late, but um, about three weeks ago, I went and attended Francesicon. Hold on a second. You went to that thing at Irving Plaza. Honoring the the thing that these for people who don't under for people who are not in the tri-state area, I will briefly explain this. WFAN is a sports radio station, and it has uh, the afternoon show has been headed up by this guy Mike Francesa for a million years. Number one, and these fans, uh, these people who do the equivalent of hate watching. Hate listening. Uh, yeah, they 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 can't stand this guy so much, but they love him at the same time, and they have turned this guy into a uh, uh, joke. And the, but they still celebrate him simultaneously as they are laughing at him 
he's the last one to realize that they're laughing at him. And they ha- held this thing called Francesicon, where, and they got him to show up at it. How far off am I with this? Um, other than the, the embarrassing times he takes, he was a very good sport about it, I must say. No, and I don't, I don't think it's it's not vicious what you guys are doing. It's just the guy is one of these larger than life. They call him the the Pope, the sports Pope now because he's so imperious and all knowing. He's a curmudgeon. He's a curmudgeon. Yes, he is a curmudgeon. And, and I met the guy Pope Pope at the Franciscan. So you met him at it. Yeah, I did. I took a picture with Big Mike, but I met the Diet Coke Pope, someone who dressed up as the Diet Coke Pope uh-huh. for the event. He was wearing nothing but Diet Coke. That's because Mike Francesco uh, drinks Diet Coke on the show, and you pretty can... much without the label, though. But everyone knows he drinks Diet Coke. Yeah. So what? When you went to that, what was it like? Was it fun? It was. Tremendously filled with nerdy guys, and she commented. But it was mostly how, women, right? <laughs> he actually commented on how hey, got he no, didn't uh, see women. too many. He didn't see too many women waiting for the women's line bathroom. I know there's not too many women here with this. He's so. So, how much did it cost to get into that? It was a $16 ticket if you bought it ahead of time. And uh-huh. After that, people were going for as far as much as $125 just to buy a ticket mm-hmm. like the day or two before because I kept tabs on it. So Sure. And but then, I bought it very early, so my ticket was 16.75, which wasn't too bad. No, that's not too bad. It's, is it a charity thing? A lot of the money went to charity, but I listened to Francesca in the What charity? I don't know. He um whatever charity he picked out or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But he he mentioned the next time he was on the radio, the first day he went on after the event, he that was the first thing he started with and he said a lot of the money went to charity. Mm-hmm. But I am one of those people that enjoys him freaking out and getting arrogant and angry for no reason mm-hmm. that's the only reason why I listened to him but mm-hmm. he was very uh, he was very humble about the event unfortunately sure and it was very uh, it was it was very enjoyable and he's gonna do it again next year and uh, the mad dog will be there next year apparently mm-hmm. so when you went when did you how did you get tickets for this thing they had um, they had a website Destiny. and I followed the guy on Twitter who does uh, pretend Mike Francesa, and he sent out the link. And there's another guy from this website, Barstool Sports, who also sent out the link of where to pick up tickets for the show. Mm-hmm. And that's how I uh, came in contact with it. I was convinced I'm going because I missed it last year, and I have t-shirt of my princesses that I did over the wear to the event. It's why they call me Bad Company I can deny Still going, like Mike Francesa. How, how is it that fans of Mike Francesa are as meandering as he is? 
like that caller was acting like he's been on the radio for 35 years. He's trying to burn a, a burn up a five hour show. I don't have time for that, man. We gotta move here. We gotta move. Got time for some snoozathon? Best show. You're on the air. Hey, Tom. Hey, who's this? Jello Girl. Who is this? Jello, Jello Man. It's Jello Man. Mm-hmm. Good heavens. Heavens the Betsy. It's the Jello Man. For people who don't know, this guy, by day he is, uh, can I say your first name? We say your first name on the show, right? Of course. It's Paul. Mm-hmm. And his brother is a, a rock star, famous rock star, Kurt Vile, who is working on a new album now. Very exciting. Correct, correct. And you are hanging out with him during the making of this, it looks like. It looks like you're you're with him. Yeah, we're in Los Jellos, California right now. Los Jellos, California. Oh, but you, but the the thing people call it why where'd Jello Man come from? Well, this guy sells Jello shots at rock festivals all across the United States, and he calls himself Jello Man. Yeah, we're going to Europe soon too. So, what's going? Well, well you're not going to do Jello shots, and you're not going to be Jello Man over there. Uh, I mean, what's what's euros to dollars? It's all the same thing to me. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just about the money, right? Well, it's about the uh, bringing joy across the land. <laughs> which, <laughs> the streets covered in sparkly uh, candy like Pop Rocks and mm. uh, mixed with alcohol, you know? So no matter what, everybody likes a Jell-O shot. Everybody does anyway, like a Jell-O shot. I wanted to tell you something. I, I was asking, I was wondering. Uh, I'm thinking about building a uh, Jello mural, if you will. Yeah. On the side of a building. Because for people, you also are a Jello artist, where you take you these Jello shots, and you, you've you've pretty much got the 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 rainbow of of colors to work with, and you've got them in their little Jello cups, which are which are like the kind of little plastic. Mosaic. The, the kind of cups that you get would get uh, like uh, ketchup in to go at a souffle cups. Souffle, souffle cups, yes. So you take all your souffle cups with different colored Jello on it, and you you mount them to a larger sur- surface, and you yeah. create uh, you've created artwork that way. I made one for your best show party. Remember? I do remember. It was fantastic. We got pictures to prove it, but. I actually still have that board, but uh, I'm going to use it for another um, another Jello art piece. Nothing personal, Tom. No offense. I, look, I'm glad that you 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 uh, solved the mystery of what happened to that board. Hey, they, they invited me. On, you know that show, that show Hang Hang On. Uh, it's called Hang On in Philly. It's like a comedy club or something. You ever hear about that? I don't know what that is, but I think I saw pictures of you at some uh, live event. Is this the same thing? Yeah, I was a laughing stock. Wait, you you showed up at a thing. Right. Well, what is it like a live talk show or something? Yeah, um, it's kind of like a yeah, it's a live talk show. You, you kind of come. So you, I came with my my um, talking about how I make jello shots. I was uh, 
I showed my whole game of how I carry things in like a, a milk crate and how it's covered in duct tape. I showed my some of my tactics. And Schooly D was the uh, main act, I guess you call it, or the, the main guy. Okay. They're, they're, they're picking his brain. But I was I was there before him, and then uh, I was just talking about, you know, my jello shots, whatnot. And then he came on really quickly. They, they pretty much got me off stage quickly, but they liked it at first. And then um, I, was, I ended up walking around giving every individual person a jello shot in the crowd, garnishing it with Pop Rocks. Sure. So, and, well, how, it ended how, up going great. How did you, but you were a laughing stock? How were you a laughing stock? I was just kidding around. You're not a laughing stock. I know, I was, I was kidding. You're the they pride. Were laughing and good, and good. 30 years from now, after the movie Jell-O comes out, there's going to be a statue of you outside the museum in Philly, right next to the Rocky statue. Well, a... i got to change my name soon. i gotta, I gotta probably got to change it to Jell Dash Bile. Because I'm starting to realize that Jello Man kind of sounds like a superhero that's not existing. But are you not a superhero in some way? Well, in most ways, but not every way. That's the only problem. You know what I mean? <laughs> the only problem is that you're not a superhero in every way. Most ways, yes. Yeah. Oh, Paul, you're you're been, you're really you're a funny guy, Paul. I've been following Kurt around with a, like a camera. He's been filming his album and stuff. I don't know if he's going to use it or not because I'm, I'm pretty shaky with it. I don't even know. I bought a Canon D, um, 6D or something, and he's been kind of pushing me around. I've been um, waiting for him to get. I've, I've been staying in Philly at his, his, um, his recording studio, and I like stay there late night. He's you got to stay here because we got to get up in three hours. So I stayed in his uh, um, studio, and I was, I was eating sardines. And eating some of my leftover jello shots. That's pretty much all I could eat out mm-hmm. there. But uh, that's beside the point. But anyway, I'm, I've been trying to uh, film him and hopefully use some of the shots that uh, I've been getting. No pun intended, right? If you will. Some of the shots. <laughs> Come on, Tom. That's oh. too perfect of a joke. Yeah. Well, Paul, <laughs> a.k.a. Jello Man, I hope that this, I, I hope you make a movie. That'd be awesome. Well, let's see. Let's see how that. Let's see how that works out. This is what let's you direct. This is every conversation I have with you. You say something, and then I go, "Well, that sounds great." And then you instantly start to like move on from the thing I just said, or disavow the thing, or act like it. Be proud of the thing you got, buddy. Be proud of it. You're already like down talking your movie. I think it's Maybe awesome. Right. I gotta start talking more proud about Jello. Yeah. Exactly. You know you're who right. should be doing some Jello art of is you. You think so? Do a self portrait. I wonder who's gonna fund that. I'm broke right now, Tom. What's that? You'd think I was, who's gonna fund that? I'm, I'm broke right now. You can't afford the six boxes of Jello. Well, I'll send I'm you a Jello mural. I'll send you nine dollars. Is that what you need? Get some souffle cups and some boxes of Jello. I'll, I'll pay you labor wage if you mix me Jello mix. <laughs> oh, Paul. Ten bucks an hour. Ten bucks. Oh, there we. Okay. I Mike is telling me. Mike is telling me we got hot phones, Paul. Excuse me. Mike is telling Mike. Mike's giving me the high sign. 
What does that mean? Means I got to get these other lines knocked out before they. Uh, hang like- up. Okay. Mike, love Mike. Well, you kidding? Mike's been roaring out there. Mike thinks you're. Uh, Mike thinks he, he loves you. Me, and Mike sang karaoke. Remember? I do. It's a great night. We sang. We sang the boxer. <laughs> that. Everybody, just imagine that. Mike and Jello Man did karaoke together, and they did the boxer by Simon and Garfunkel. His, har- his harmony. He sang the high harmony. I sang the low harmony. Yeah. It was perfectly. It was great. I loved it. We'll do that again sometimes, right? We will. Sometime. You get home and we'll do it. Thank you, I'll buddy. I'll be home in a week. Okay, we'll figure it out. We'll do lunch. We'll do lunch. Great. Yell that lunch, if you will. Okay. All right. Thanks, Paul. I'll talk to you soon. You take care. See you. We're going to do this thing at midnight. Called the half hour. I think we should do it, right? Should we try it tonight? It's called the half hour of power. It's not going to be on the air. It'll be up as a, a podcast on Friday. That's how we're going to do it. Special. Don't you don't hear this thing live? We do it off air. Then we put the half hour of power up. And what is the half hour of power? You know, Mike is in the out there screening calls. He comes in here. He don't sit out there. He comes in here and he talks for a half hour. We got rapid fire, unscreened phone calls. So John Stewart is leaving the Daily Show. Jeepers. All these people on uh, Twitter here. Why not they get the feeling? Why not they get to take over? What are they going to do? I like when people say, maybe the Tom can take Yeah, Tom. Yeah. I'll be lucky if, uh, if I sweep the floors up there, the way things are going. Sorry, man. We got, uh, we're going with this other guy. This other mopman. We don't like your mop, we don't like your mopping ways. Tell you, again, how low does this elevator go? We will find out. You think there's any chance, Mike, seriously, that you'd show up to Fifty Shades of Grey in a trench coat and ask for a single ticket? Yeah, there we go. World's biggest shocker. Mike saying, I've got the trench coat. Oh, no, I knew that, Mike. I knew you had the trench coat already. The idea was kind of built around you assuming that you already owned the trench coat. One, please. Yeah, look. Julie Klausner hosting the 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 Daily Show. I could, uh, that I can see. Me? We're gonna be able to get a paper route at this. Uh, they, well, maybe can anybody get one? Is that does that even exist anymore? Paper route. There's still got to be people getting papers delivered. There's some oldies getting the paper brought to their house. 
So yeah, at uh, midnight, you're all well, around midnight. We'll, we'll switch things over. We'll say goodbye. Then the show will be uh, unscreened. Calls rapid fire. And the number is 201-332-3484. You want to know how you can help the show? This is how you help the show. You tell people the show's back. Look, we got all the, uh, the, 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 the super enthusiasts know the show's back and they're on board. We gotta get the, uh, we gotta get the casual people back. The people who go, oh, I, I like that show. I, I, whatever happened to that? That ended? We need those people back. So you tell them. If you know that, you tell you, we gotta spread the word here, guys. And then the, be- the sticker thing's gonna happen, the Best Show sticker initiative, where we're, we'll start sending them out in a couple weeks to stores. We'll put a list of stores together that will have the, the awesome new Best Show sticker added. And the thing is, you go into the store and you say, you go up to the counter and you say, the way it would, in a perfect world, you'd go up to the counter and you'd say, Billy Joel sucks. And then they'd hand you a sticker. We'll have to figure that out. I know there'll be some employee that throws all the stickers away. I'm not doing this. Best show, you're on the air. Hi, Tom. This is Ted in Crown Heights, Brooklyn. How are you? I'm doing all right. Ted in Crown Heights. What's up, Ted? You had mentioned a few shows ago about a Patrick Stewart living in Brooklyn, and I had a sighting I wanted to share with you in the audience. All right. Let's hear it. Okay. So there's a restaurant slash bar. Let me just first of all say this is alleged. I don't know what you got some axe to grind. None, Patrick none Stewart. Whatsoever. Okay, well, I don't know that. I don't know who you uh, you are. Or you could be the most honest guy in the world. I don't know. <laughs> no, I was just a. I it was an interesting story. So, I was at a, a restaurant bar that doubles as a comedy club a couple times a month, and I was watching a stand up comedy show. There was about maybe fifty people, and the way the room is situated is there's windows that the stage is that we're facing and we can see everybody walking up and down the street and the stage faces the opposite direction so we were watching the comic perform it's very funny and then these few people walked by one of whom was Patrick Stewart and they looked into the window to see what was going on and Patrick Stewart put his hands and face up to the window to try and see what was going on inside the room and literally everybody in the audience put their attention to him and was pointing and whispering and laughing about the, you know, the, the 
captain of the Enterprise staring into the window at everybody. And the comic who was facing the other way had absolutely no idea. Okay. And I think I'm getting bad company. <laughs> no, you're not. I don't know why you would think that. You're not getting bad company. So you saw Patrick Stewart staring in the window, and did he come in or he just stared in? He just stared for about 30 seconds and then kept going. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the story. Yeah, I should have bad companyed you. Evo. Best show, you're on the air. Hi, Tom. This is Adam in Forest Hills. Adam in Forest Hills. What's up tonight, Adam? Oh, not much. Um, last night on Twitter, you mentioned Rob Lowe. Yeah. He stinks. Subpar. Doesn't even stink. Yeah. He's got these commercials on now where it's him, it's him like, hi, I'm Rob Lowe. And then it's like, then there's basically him playing like, like a loser. <laughs> and it's like the losers are just like, and I'm, I'm peaked in high school, Rob, oh, Rob Lowe. Oh, sorry that the world, that the, you, the world didn't keep, everybody's world didn't get greater and greater like yours uh, somehow did. Lottery. It's, Universal lottery winner. The universe yeah. gives, this guy, gives this guy it's a symmetrical, f- gives him a symmetrical face. Right? Yeah. Exactly symmetrical. And, and the ability to recite lines like a monkey. Monkey see, monkey do. Yeah, exactly. It's not, uh, not that hard. I mean, it did get me thinking though of who has made me laugh more than Rob Lowe. Uh-huh. That's like the very minimum. Yeah. And like my first thought was pretty much anybody who's been on The Sopranos. Oh, yeah. It's so much yeah. funnier. Like Furio is funnier than Rob Lowe. Yeah. And look, I'm not putting down the things that this guy was on. I don't care. I'm just saying the to- the tood from this guy, not realizing uh, how fortunate he is to have that face. And then just like z- putting everybody else down. I'm, yeah, and I'm uh, muscle bound, Rob Lowe. And I got direct TV. Oh, shut up. This guy, I can't, I can't stand. I don't like the superior. It's like a commercial for eugenics. <laughs> Be a master race. It's doing commercials. Right? Right, exactly. I, uh, it didn't. It didn't really strike me until then that that guy got as lucky as he did. But I mean, oh, look, I wish I had that luck. Give me some yeah. of that luck. I had half the luck that Rob Lowe had. Yeah, Can you imagine? But that guy would have actually peaked in high school if I had half the luck that Rob Lowe yeah, had. You would have been in the commercial. I would have actually been in the commercial. I'm not in a commercial now. No. All right, you're you're depressing me. Goodbye. Best show, you're on the air. Hey, Tom, this is John in Los Angeles. John in Los Angeles. What's up, John? Uh, nothing. I, I... Okay, well, goodbye then. Best show, you're on the air. Hey, Tom. Hey, who's um, this? This is James from Chicago. James from Chicago. What's up, James? I wanted to ask you two things. I, I have a list here of hashtags that I wanted to go through. But I first wanted to ask, 
how you would explain the best show to somebody that hasn't heard it before. It's a a fun comedy call-in show. A fun comedy call-in show. Do you think that's going to get somebody to listen to the show? How would you describe it? (laughs) Well, a lot of my descriptions have been uh, sort of this really cynical guy who hangs up on people a lot, but he's really... said I hung up on people a lot. I forgot to give him his money's worth. Besho, you're on the air. Hey, Tom, it's Justin from Texas. Justin from Texas. What's up, Justin? I'm very nervous. First time, long time. Just relax. Relax, Justin. Where uh, where, where in Texas are you? Uh, Wichita Falls. Okay. Um, I, first I wanted to thank you for the song of the summer with the Let Me Drive My Van Into Your Heart. Oh, I thank you. And second, I wanted to ask if you'd made any headway on Warlock, the Jim Starlin comic. Yeah, I finished it. I powered through. Did you like it? No, not really. It was a giant snooze. It was like, <laughs> uh, it was like a guy doing a trippy thing who either did no drugs or way too many drugs. <laughs> he did not find the right balance of drugs to tell that story. Do you like Starlin stuff? Um, I, look, it was all right. It was it was fun-ish, but it was like just didn't go. Then nothing happened. Yeah, yeah. It's just like a like an album cover to a boring album. Yeah. Thank you. Of course. Did you read anything else while you were? Or are you reading anything currently? Sure, I read. I read. Uh, uh, what did I enjoy reading? I read uh, Captain Marvel. I thought was great. Uh, Very good. Sure, that's Kelly Sue DeConnick's uh, Captain Marvel. I thought was awesome. I read a, a bunch of those. I read. Um, what else did I read? Some Captain America thing, some uh, thing, and I read Stump Town. I like all those. I think those are great. Rucka. Yeah, those are. That's what I enjoy. Satellite Sam. You reading Satellite? Not Sam yet. I have. I own it. Isn't that enough? Very good. It's enough to own it with me. I actually got to read these things. <laughs> I have good enough <laughs> taste. Conversation to, starters, yeah, right? I have You're a good enough conversation yeah, starters. I have enough taste to buy the right things. Wait, I actually have to read these things or watch these things? <laughs> How much time do you think I have here? Anything else, young man? Uh, n- n- no, really. I don't want to overstay my welcome. Oh, you want to know what? Out. You just did an elegant little dance, <laughs> and you did a great job. I, uh, this means the world to me, Tom. Well, I appreciate the job you did and keep calling uh, do, yes of course All right, i will talk to you soon thank you very much goodbye nice guy see that's the humility that the, you need a little you have a point and you're ready to roll with it that's what that guy did he was ready to roll with it best show you're on the air hey what's going on is this tom it is tom who's this hey oh this is jc in providence rhode island What's up, JC? Hey, I got to see uh, Fleetwood Mac when they played here last week, mostly on your uh, recommendation, the way that you talked about um, Mick Fleetwood's drum solo. Mm-hmm. really made me need to see them live. How was it? Oh, they were incredible. He did that whole thing, too, where he kept saying, Are you ready for some hanky-panky? 
Yeah. Are you ready for some hanky-panky? Troubling. Okay. It's so... This Fleetwood Mac show, hit after hit after hit. You can't believe they had this many hits. And then they... No, not then, at all. Then they go and they do... And then they leave the stage and then they come back out and you're like, what song are they going to start off their encore with? And they started off with basically Mick Fleetwood having a, a psychic break while <laughs> doing a, a drum solo, muttering to himself as, as if... He's like auditioning for uh, uh, Naked 2, Mike Lee, uh, which he's never going to get the part because Mike's got that locked up. <laughs> Remember, Mike? Naked 2, Port of Call, Bayonne. The plot, which it's a sequel to the Mike Lee movie. Mike is in Bayonne. He goes to his mailbox. He he takes it out in the, the jacket sent by his cousin from England, who he wore... The guy from Naked One, and he will he sculpt. Mike puts the jacket on, and then suddenly becomes the guy from the first movie Naked and skulks around Bayonne. So he's doing that basically. Anything else? Yeah, I wanted to. Um, I know this is an old topic from an old show, but I ran into a candidate that I think is pretty strong for the most unfun funny person in the world yeah this uh he's a local you can, he can only be described as a funny man because you know he's not an actual comedian he's just somebody who's always done like a, a variety show based around local current events his name's charlie hall and i found out about him in a documentary about our former mayor buddy cianci mm -hmm. he's featured in the documentary and he's doing a cover of of the Ramon song, uh, I Want to Be Sedated, but he changed it to I Want to Be Related. It's about corruption mm -hmm. in the Buddy Cianci administration. Yeah, so this, this I, is way too inside. Uh, well, you should save it, this for the, for the uh, local uh, <laughs> Providence uh, uh, community <laughs> message board. <laughs> this is an international show, my friend. But yeah, I, I hear you. I know, but I think the everybody, Buddy just, just remember that. Yeah, no, every town does have it. But you called up and you were strangely specific about the Buddy CNC administration. <laughs> well, he had run for mayor again here uh -huh. this past. Oh, year. I know, I know. So we were trying to we were trying to follow up mm -hmm. on it. This documentary about him is narrated by James Woods, which is pretty hilarious. And right. now you've got my itself. attention, actually. Yeah. So, but in the middle of it, they show the, the local funny man Charlie Hall, which made me after seeing that. I mean, it made me embarrassed, really, that the Ramones even existed, seeing how bad this like spoof was. Uh huh. And then. So I had to look it up, him up online and see what he was doing. I, I can't do this. This guy's way too all. It's just like this is the kind of thing you step up to the podium at the at the town hall and you say, you know, say this on an international radio show. It's an international show. I think we're clown. It's not clown town. I think we're doing here. It's not clown town, man. What part of this is not clown town? Did that guy not understand? You know what I mean, Mike? 
Don't know where uh, don't know where they get it from sometimes. Don't know where they get it from. Bad habits. How are you? You alright? My friend Marsha's been here watching the show. Having a grand old time. Playing her Simpsons video game on her phone. Guys, listen to this and you listen good. How do you help the best show? Cause look, we need, we gotta get this uh, thing on target, man. This show's gotta be the biggest thing going. And it ain't right now. It ain't. You listen. You tell other people to listen. You let people, you subscribe to the podcast over at iTunes or anywhere else that you can do that. Whatever an RSS feed is, you do that for it. You review it. And then when we got advertisers, you support the advertisers. That's how you support the best show. I ain't asking for your money right now. Just need your support. I'm like uh, Buddy Cienci campaigning. See, it rubbed off. That guy got to me. All the Buddy Cienci talk. So what we're going to do, I'm going to say goodbye tonight. Thank you all for listening. Next week, the best show will be back. I hope to have a... uh, a lot of fun in the works. Fun stuff lined up. Let's hope it happens. We can only root for fun. In this life, you can only root for fun. So I tell you now, we will be back next week. You support the show. You follow the thing on the podcast. You subscribe. Beat the drum for the best show a little bit. I need drum beaters. And I'm going to play one record as we say goodbye. And that record is going to be by, that's right, it's on Goner. Look at that. Five records on Goner tonight. Because Goner did the right thing. You support Goner Records. You go to goner-records.com. And everything they put out is great. One of my all-time favorite labels. They put an album out by Nobody called Secret Songs. We're going to hear something from that. And best show will be back next week. But in five or so minutes, you call up for the half hour of power. Rapid fire phone calls. Off air, we will put it up on on uh, on the web on Friday. It'll be up on iTunes. A rapid fire half hour uh, call in show. We're just gonna try different things. We uh, we uh, I own the equipment. Might as well do different things with it. Here is. No bunny. Be back next week. Oh, the number 201-332-3484. 201-332-3484.